The Brooklyn Dodgers faced the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium for Game 2 of the 1949 World Series on October 6th. The Yankees led the best-of-seven series one game to none. And this is the mutual radio broadcast of Game 2, featuring announcers Mel Allen and Red Barber. sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever honed. Gillette's Cavalcade of Sports is on the air. From Yankee Stadium in New York, Gillette presents the second game of the 1949 World Series. This is Mel Allen with Red Barber saying good afternoon for the Gillette Safety Razor Company as the Brooklyn Dodgers and New York Yankees warm up. Gillette is your radio and television host at leading sports events the year around. Over various networks, Gillette's cavalcade of sports airs attractions of national interest as they occur from time to time. Every Friday night, Gillette also broadcasts the major boxing match of the week, blow by blow, for fans coast to coast. Well, of course, this big town and the nation, and even around the world, as they heard the broadcast yesterday, as they saw it here. They're all buzzing over the dramatic suddenness with which yesterday's series opener ended a breathtaking pitching battle between the Dodgers' dazzling Don Newcomb and the Yankees' amazing Allie Reynolds. They were swinging and missing yesterday. Newcomb mowed down 11 Yankees, two short of the record set by Howard Emke. Reynolds struck out nine Dodgers, 20 in all, two short of the combined record set by Denny Galehouse and Morton Cooper, in the 1944 series. Yes, sir, they were swinging and missing until the last of the ninth inning when, as Walter Winchell so aptly put it in his sum-up, a great duel that ended with one pistol shot. And it was fired by one of the most remarkable marksmen in recent baseball history, Maslin, Ohio's gift to the baseball world, currently a resident of Ridgewood, New Jersey, Tommy Henrik. Let's just look at the record. Tommy Henrik on opening day hit a home run off Sid Hudson of the Washington Senators that won the ball game. It was in the ninth inning, the last half of the ninth inning, that won the game for the Yankees. The next day, in the fourth inning, he hit a home run off Calvert of the Senators that got the Yankees off to a one nothing lead, and Rashi won the ball game by a shutout. Ten days later, against Tex Houston of the Boston Red Sox, in the ninth inning again with one on, Henrik hit a home run to win that ball game 4-3. to three. Approximately two weeks later, off Cleveland's Gene Bearden, he hit a home run in the seventh inning with nobody on. That was the winning run as the Yankees won that one four to three. Later on, on May the 27th of this year, he hit a home run in the first inning with one on off Joe Coleman of the Athletics, giving the Yankees a two-nothing lead, and Lopat won that ball game by a shutout. And then, just a few days later, four days later, as a matter of fact, off Howie Judd's White Sox, he hit a home run in the seventh inning with nobody on to break up a scoreless tie and give Rashi another shutout victory. The very next day, he hit a home run in the first inning with two on against Randy Gumpert to give the Yankees a 3-0 lead, and they went on to win that ball game. 
And that's the way Tommy Henrik has been hitting his home runs. On August the 6th in the last of the ninth inning, the St. Louis Browns leading 8-7. to Henrik had a home run to tie it up. Joe DiMaggio followed on the next pitch with a homer to win it. And on the final game of the year, the one that won the pennant in the eighth inning of a tight one nothing struggle, and with the Red Sox power coming up in the top of the ninth, Henrik hit one of Mel Parnell's curveballs into the right field seats to practically sew it up. And yesterday, in the opening game of the World Series, once again, it was old reliable. So it's amazing if that, as you check back over his record, how many home runs he hit during the course of the regular season that had the impact that the one did yesterday in the opening game of this World Series. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Guy Lombardo and his orchestra, Miss Lucy Monroe, and our national anthem. You know, there are many on the Brooklyn roster experiencing their first World Series. Campanella, Banta, Erskine, Menor, Newcomb, Palika, Almo, Cox, Rackley, Snyder, Whitman, and today's Dodger pitching choice, Elvin Rowe, better known as Preacher Rowe from Hardy, Arkansas. This six-foot-one control artist is lean and left-handed. 31 years of age, and some 28 years ago, he remarked to his father when he was approximately three and a half, he did not like the name Elwin. His father said, well, son, what do you want us to call you? He said, just call me Preacher, and it's been Preacher O ever since. Has nothing to do with his profession, which uh, we understand is a school teacher. He has won 15 games and lost six this year. And Bert Schotten has always said to Roe, whenever you feel like pitching, that's your turn. Recently, he has taken a lot of rest between turns and has proved to be most effective as a result. For the New York Yankees, it's going to be... Victor John Rashi, a 30-year-old right-hander born in Springfield, Massachusetts, sometimes called the Springfield Rifle, who won 21 games and lost 10 for the Yankees. A sandy-haired husky of Italian ancestry, he pitched the Yankees to the pennant Sunday in one of the finest performances of his career. Now for the remainder of the lineups, ladies and gentlemen, for the Brooklyn Dodgers, as Pee Wee Reese trots out the home plate to exchange batting orders with manager Casey Stengel of the Yankees and the umpires. 
Pee Wee Reese will lead off and play shortstop. Johnny Jorgensen will hit second and play third base. Duke Snyder batting third, center field. Jackie Robinson hitting fourth, second base. Is Gene Hermansky right field. Change in the Dodger lineup because of the groin injury suffered by Carl Farillo before the end of the regular season and which bothered him and hampered him considerably yesterday, Marv Brackley will follow Hermansky in the order, hit sixth, and will play left field. Hermansky, who played left yesterday, will shift over to right. Batting seventh, Gil Hodges, first base. Hitting eight, Roy Campanella, catching. In the ninth spot in the order, Preacher Rowe, pitching. For the New York Yankees, Phil Rizzuto leading off, shortstop. Hitting second, Tommy Henrik, first base. And a change for the Yankees as Casey Stengel goes with as many right-handed hitters as he can today against the left-handed pitching of Rowe. Hank Bauer will bat third and play right field. Joe DiMaggio hitting fourth, center field. Johnny Lindell batting fifth, left field. Billy Johnson hitting sixth, third base. Hitting seventh, Jerry Coleman, second base. Hitting eighth, during the catching for the Yankees today, Charlie Silvera. And on the ninth spot in the order in pitching, Vic Rashi, R-A-S-C-H-I. So there are your lineups, and we'll just zip over them again very quickly. For the Dodgers, and this is the order in which they hit, Reese, Jorgensen, Snyder, Robinson, Hermansky, Rackley, Hodges, Campanella, Rowe. New York, Rizzuto, Henrik, Bauer, DiMaggio, Lindell, Johnson, Coleman, Silvera, Rashi. The umpires will be back to the plate, Art Passarella. Uh, check that. Uh, Beans Reardon will be back to the plate. Art Passarella at first base, Lou Jordan at second, Cal Hubbard at third, Ed Hurley will be down the right field line, and George Barr down the left field line. So those are your umpires, your lineups, and your batteries for the Yankees, Rashi and Silvera, for the Dodgers, Rowe and Campanella. By the way, fans, if you want to drop a statistical bombshell into a casual conversation over community problems and progress... Just point out to your neighbors that enrollments in our elementary schools are increasing at the rate of one million children a year. And that by 1956, there will be some seven million more children in elementary schools than there are now. This means that hundreds of thousands more classrooms and qualified teachers will be needed if our entire school system is to avoid a serious crisis. Find out about the school situation in your own community then write for guidance and help to the National Citizens Commission for Public Schools, 2 West 45th Street, New York 19, New York. Remember, better schools mean better communities. Roe and Rashi are still warming up. Pee Wee Reese and Casey Stengel still chatting with the umpires at home plate, the ground crew ironing out the uh, skin part of the infield, putting on the finishing touches. And momentarily, the second game of the World Series will be underway. And while we wait, the time is ripe, and we pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. WOR and WORFM 
your World Series stations in New York. The crowd is buzzing. People are filing to their seats. There's no danger of rain as of this moment. It's rather cool. The wind is blowing in at the moment from left field toward home plate and is quartering across toward right a bit. It would not seem as of this moment that the wind would be a factor. However, it is a variable wind, and uh, here at Yankee Stadium, frequently after the start of a ball game, the winds will shift and become a definite factor on long balls that sometimes are either caught by the wind or helped along on their flight into home run territory. The umpires beginning to move to their positions. Everybody is beginning to settle back now and await the start of the ball game. Preacher Rowe just delivered his last warm-up pitch and is moving over toward the Dodger dugout. Rashi has already gone into the Yankee dugout to uh, rest just for a moment, get a breath, drink of water, and the Yankees are awaiting the signal to dash out onto the field for the playing of the second game of the World Series. And a fellow who is anxiously awaiting the start of it, very eager to bring you his inimitable description of the first four and a half innings of the game today, your friend and mine, there go the Yankees, and here comes Red Barber. Thank you, Mel. Afternoon, everybody, and the Yankees go out to take the field and receive a thunderous ovation. And before we go into the play-by-play, -play, we'd like to tell you that this program comes to you by authority of the Commissioner of Baseball. It is intended only for the private use of our audience. Any publication or reproduction of this program and commercial use of the program is prohibited. The Dodger bullpen contingent is on its way out to the bullpen, which is in an alleyway in left center field. Sam Narron is the bullpen boss, and he's taking four pitchers with him. Right-handers Carl Erskine, Jack Batter, Rex Barney, and left-handers Joe Hatton. And Vaughn is going down is somewhat of a story. Of course, as you know, uh, when one ball club has lost uh, the first game, uh, they can't begin to save up too much. They've got to try and get even if they can. Manager Shotton, in his pregame thinking, uh, said that it would be either Barney or Brankert as the starting pitcher for Brooklyn uh, tomorrow over at Ebbets Field. But with Barney going down with a bullpen contingent right now, uh, you have to figure that uh, manager Shotton feels if he gets in the scrape, he'll probably come with Barney today. So it remains to be seen whether Barney works in the bullpen or whether he gets in the ballgame. Uh, the Yankee bullpen crew will be the same as yesterday. Uh, Stengel said he was quite satisfied. Uh, he had the veteran Buxton uh, and uh, Sanford right-handers, and, of course, the great left-hander, Joe Page, who saved uh, countless games and relieved 60 different times in the punnet race. So you've got the uh, location of the bullpens. Uh, the Yankees in right center field, the Dodgers in left center. Out on the mound is Vic Ratchie. Pee Wee Reese, who got Brooklyn's second hit and final one yesterday, is first up as we move into the ball game today. Fastball is over for a call strike. Rashi is primarily a fastball pitcher, uses a curve and a change, as they speak in the trade. He does not fool with knuckleballs, screwballs, uh, that sort of stuff. He's uh, a power pitcher, control pitcher, delivers fastball high inside. One ball, one strike. This is the game's first batter, and absolutely no score. Reese up to be followed by Jorgensen, then by Snyder. As Mel pointed out to you, the wind is different from yesterday. Yesterday it was blowing out to right. Today it is blowing in from left. Reese hits a foul ball back. That was the changeup off the fastball thrown by big six-foot-one-inch uh, Vic Rashi. 
who came up, if you'll recall, from the Coast League the last couple of months of 47 and uh, practically pitched the Yankees in the World Series then. And in the series, he only relieved once and uh, worked an inning in two-thirds, so we didn't see much of him then. Last year, he just missed winning 20 games, and this year was the one for the series, Sunday. Big guy pitches, big curveball high, so he's now 2-2 two and two with Reese. Milton Stark is Brooklyn's third base coach, Jake Pittwood first. The Yankees are going with the same infield. That's uh, Tommy Hendrick, the hero of yesterday's ball game, or co-hero along with Allie Reynolds. 2-2 pitch to Reese. Swung on. There's a high fly ball into left field. Johnny Lindell is under it easily. Not a tough chance. A high fly. Makes the catch in straightaway left. And there's one up and one gone. So that's the start of game two of the 1949 World Series. Gillette, very happy to send you this on the cavalcade of sports. The Yankee battery, Rashi, and back of the plate is Charlie Silvera. Uh, we not only had a talk with... Uh, Yogi Berra, who caught yesterday, but we saw that left thumb, and that fastball of Reynolds really bruised it up. Left hand is very puffy. Johnny Jorgensen takes a fastball high outside, ball one. No score, one man out, nobody on. Game has begun quietly enough. Outfield for the Yankees, Lindell and left, just made the putout. Joe DiMaggio's in center field, and then right field is Hank Bauer. Fastball through there. One ball, one strike. Rasher relies a great deal on control. And uh, one of his strongest assets is that everything that he throws, he throws with the same identical motion. He's a big man who moves easily. In fact, when you watch him pitch, uh, you wonder just exactly what he's doing. His change is a big help to him. Spins, pitches one and one. Jorgensen hits a ground ball wide at first base. Henrik is up with it, runs over to the bag, and makes the unassisted put out by a step and a half. So, Tommy Henrik handles the first play, and the two Dodgers up are retired routinely. And stepping in is center fielder Duke Snyder. The Brooklyn batting order had to be changed at the last minute because of the groin injury to Carl Farello. He goes out of right field. Left fielder Hermansky moves over to right. And Marvin Rackley goes into left. Rashi delivered. The fastball swung on. Hit sharp. It out of short. Up with it is Rizzuto. Throws over the first by a step. And that's all for Snyder. So, Dodgers go down. One, two, three. Top half of the first inning. The Yankees are coming in, and so the score is Brooklyn nothing and New York nothing. When series time rolls around, you naturally expect to hear the latest shaving news from Gillette. Yes, fans, and here it comes. Gillette announces the greatest shaving bargain ever offered, bar none. Today, stores everywhere have the famous Gillette Super Speed Razor with 10-blade Gillette dispenser in a brand-new permanent styrene travel case a big dollar, 75 value, for only a dollar. Think of it. You get a fine, precision-made Gillette one-piece razor that changes blades instantly and shaves like a dream. You get a handy Gillette dispenser containing 10 easy-shaving Gillette blue blades. Yes, and you also get one of the most modern and serviceable razor cases you ever saw. All for one dollar. Ask for the special Gillette razor set featured on the series broadcasts. Believe me, you'd say it's a beauty and a bargain. The last of the first inning, and the lean left-hander preacher all on the mound for Brooklyn. The stocky catcher, Roy Campanella, back of the plate. For the Yankees, it would be Rizzuto, Henrik, and Bauer leading off. The Brooklyn infield, Hodges at first, Robinson at second, Reese at short, and Jorgensen at third. 
The outfield is Marvin Rackley in left and center Snyder, and Gene Harmansky is in right. He has played a great deal of right field. In fact, when he first came up with the Dodgers a few years ago, he came up as a right fielder, so his going in right doesn't make very much difference. The rotation of the umpires today, being driven of the National League, back of the plate on balls and strikes, Art Passarello of the American League at first, Lou Jordan of the National League at second, Cal Hubbard, who was back at the plate yesterday, is at third. George Barr is in the right field corner. He's with the National League staff. And in the left field corner, it is Ed Hurley of the American League staff. Now Rizzuto, who is the shortest man in the series and one of the smallest in baseball. Right-hand batter choking that stick up. Third baseman Jorgensen has to be in a little close because of Rizzuto's threat to bunt. Left-hander row pitches. Fastball swung on. Foul out of play. And back to the Brooklyn dugout, which is on the third base side. It's a coolish afternoon, a fairly strong wind. The wind seems to be increasing in its velocity. It's coming in from left. In other words, it is a wind which is for the pitchers. It will hold up balls hit to left field and hold them up decisively. It will push a ball hit along the right field foul line, foul. Row deals, screwball, high outside, one and one. This is the uh, first World Series for Row to get in. So this is his uh, fall classic baptismal. He's a very cool fellow. Livers one and one. Curveball swung on, drilled in the left field for a solid base hit. Rackley goes over, cuts the ball off. There's a throw going into second, and Rizzuto, after his turn, at first holds on with the first hit of the ball game. A line single. He hit a curveball, curving into him, and followed it to left. So the Studer, who is one of the most uh, talented base runners in the trade, is now at first base. And Tommy Hendricks stepping to the plate. Listen. Well, Hendrick is the fellow that sent everybody home yesterday afternoon. He emptied the park. Bang. Just like that. Left hand hitter. Rose throws over to first. Rizzuto wasn't off at all. Hodges is holding first base closer. The outfield swung around toward right. They have to play a little bit more toward right on Henrik than usual because of the wind. Henrik sets and takes a curve over for a call strike. He bluffed a bunt. We'll find out uh, whether manager Stengel is bunting this early in the ball game. Probably not. Henrik sort of crowds the plate from behind. Left-hand hitter. He's a six-footer and graceful. Roll throws to first, Rizzuto steps back on. Skinny southpaw. Comes to his top position. Delivers. Curveball, low outside. One and one. One ball, one strike. When the Dodgers were coming down the stretch, uh, they had uh, some very difficult games with St. Louis. And Rowe is the fellow that pitched the ball games that kept Brooklyn alive. One and one pitch. Curve swung on, fly ball out of the short right field. Hermansky coming in, getting under it, makes the catch in the right field corner. The throws to first base, not in time. Rizzuto back by a step. So, Henrik, uh, first of all, roused the crowd a little when the ball began going toward right. But anyone watching the progress of the right field knew the ball was not going very far. Hermansky was angling in all the time toward the foul line. So we have one man gone. And as uh, the events uh, brought out, Madison Stingle was not going to bunt with Henrik. He just had him bluff that one pitch. Hank Fowler getting in. This is his uh, first series. 
Right hand batter. Square across the shoulders. Out field toward left. Roll pitches. In at the knees. Throw to first base and catch a Campanella. Not in time. With Judo back. Bauer and Mapes. That is when uh, Stengel could afford the luxury of switching outfielders. That is when he had enough out of the hospital during the season. He used them as alternates depending on whether the pitching was right or left-handed. Mapes a left-hand batter. And Bauer, as he stands there, right-hand hitter. No score. One out. Slow curve in under the hand. Ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Bauer backs out of there. B-A-U-E-R. Takes a look at the veteran third base coach, Frankie Crisetti. To say just how the Yankees want to play this 2-0 situation. Bill Dickey coaching at first base. Throw checks first. Pitches. There's a ball hit foul outside third. Ground foul. 2-1. Two ball tossed out to the mound. Rowe is not a power pitcher. He's a stuff pitcher. He's a control pitcher. He's uh, what the trade would call a head pitcher. He's not an arm pitcher. Uh, he lost his fastball a couple of years ago. Got hurt. And uh, he uses uh, his fastball as primarily his change of pace. It's his best change of pace. But he uses different gait curves. He has a screwball, throws a slider. He just monkeys with hitters. Pitches. There is a fastball that has popped up back at first base. Robinson, the second baseman, comes over and makes the catch just in foul ground. Uh, why the second baseman rather than the first soccer? Because Robinson, in running over had the ball in front of him all the time. Hodges, to have made the play, uh, would have had to have backpedaled, which is sometimes uh, rather risky. So two men are gone. Uh, Rowe using his fastball limbs to change his face, and Bauer didn't get around on it. So the Jolta, Big DiMaggio, who made a fine catch on probably the hardest hit ball of yesterday's ball game, the ball that was hit, you know, by Robinson, that ball was hit away out there. Of course, uh, this is a big ballpark. It is uh, 461 feet to straightaway center field. 457 to left center. 407 to right center. It's a lot of acreage. DiMaggio, right-hand hitter, bends at the knees, then steps back out. The throw goes to first base. Pursuto has opened up with a single. Last of the first inning. It's the first two out. DiMaggio takes a sharp curve in under the hands, just missing, and it is ball one. One ball, no strikes. That pitch didn't miss by much more than the width of a Gillette blue blade. Close. Rose sort of drew in his breath when the call went against him. It's a habit pitchers have on close ones. Throw. Curve down at the shins for ball two. Two and all. Rowe is uh, sort of herky-jerk on the mound to a degree. He's never still. He's always moving around. Just as restless as a cat with a hot foot. As a curve swung on and fouled off, Maggio overswinging, the ball was slowed up. Rowe had pulled the string and given it a twist. Two and one. Two balls, one strike. I feel deep on the Maggio around toward left. I'd like to have you keep in mind that the uh, one effect of the weather today is the wind, which is blowing in from left field. Rowe checks first, pitches 2-1. Pass ball too high for ball three. Clean one. Two balls, one strike. The Maggio looking to see what the orders are. No score. 
The Yankees now may have Rizzuto on his way. He's an excellent runner. Threat to steal on his own anyhow. Road checks first. Rizzuto leads off. There he goes. The pitch is swung on. There's a long fly ball deep in the left center field. Snyder's got a long way to go. The center field is under it and pulls it down in deep left center. Well, the manager hits a long fly. So Snyder gathers it in. No runs, one hit. So uh, we have no runs. And for those of you who haven't seen Yankee Stadium, uh, I don't know of a better fellow to tell you about the size of it, the dimensions and the distances, the triple decking, etc., than uh, the guy uh, who lives around here all summer long, Mel Allen. Mel, tell us. Well, Yankee Stadium in left center field, where Joe just hit his ball, I think, which is the, uh, a big reason that uh, Red wanted me to step in here for the moment, is perhaps the deepest of any major league outfield. It's 457 feet, for example, to the point at the bleachers in left center. Just to the right of the flagpole in straightaway center, it's 461 feet. And at a point in right center, at the bleacher wall, is 407 feet. And then the stands sort of move in toward the foul line, so that at a point in right field, it's 344 feet, about, uh, I'd say, 75 feet off the foul line. And in the extreme right field corner... It's only 296 feet, but the ball has to be pulled very sharply to get in there. And down the left field line, it's 301 feet right into the corner, but it drops off at uh, the point where the left field grandstand is divided from the bleachers to 402 feet. So there's plenty of room for outfielders to chase balls in in left center and in deep center and in right center. The balls have to be pulled very sharply to get into those seats without uh, too much uh, behind them. And now here we are, Red, with Jackie Robinson up in the second inning. Robinson, first up, takes the first pitch, which is a sharp curve over the inside off the hands for a call strike. Robinson yesterday, as the National League's leading hitter, failed to get a base hit. He went 0 for 4. Rashi right hands a curve inside, and it is 1 and 1. I noticed that Rashi has picked up the habit, uh, started out with it, that National League pitchers used by and large over the year trying to pitch in on Robinson's hands. One-on-one pitch. Change-up ball, low inside, four ball, two. Two balls, one strike. Outfield toward left on Robbie. Second baseman Coleman. About two steps closer into second base than uh, straightaway position. Rashi pitches 2-1. Robinson takes a fastball on the outside for a call second strike. Two balls, two strikes. Just a bit of a cross on that one. Now the big brunette right-hander. Stands partly on the mound. Takes the sign. Robinson out of plate. Now Jack is in. Rashi pumps once. Pumps again. Deals, fastball swung on, lined over third in the left field corner for a base hit. Robinson's around first base, he's on his way for second. Here comes the throw from Lindell, and Robinson comes in standing for a line double in the left field corner. So Robinson comes up for his first hit of the series, and he's at second base. That looked to be a fastball in on the hands, it wasn't quite in enough. And uh, Robinson, who, of course, is pitched to a great deal that way, uh, has a habit of falling back. Also, he uses a thicker-handled bat than most hitters just because he hits a lot of balls down on his hands. So he fell back from an inside fastball and pulled it, landed high over third baseman Johnson in the left-field corner for a double. 
And the batter up now is Hermansky, playing right field today. Left-hand hitter. The pitch is a curve swung on. There's a fly ball out into short right field, close to the foul line. Second baseman uh, Coleman over, makes the grab, and Robinson starts to third. Coleman slips and can't get the throw, and Jack goes into third base. Well, Robinson is going to go. He's a daring runner, as you know, and his reflexes are instant. He set at second base. That foul ball was deep back at first, and crossed the right field foul line. Second baseman Coleman could get to it better than anybody else. It rained, you know, right up to about 9 o'clock yesterday morning. And as Coleman recovered after catching the foul and set to throw, he had to hold his throw a moment as his foot slipped in the mud. And that, of course, guaranteed Robinson going over to third. So, Hamansky, a foul ball to the second baseman, and Robinson moves on the play over to third. So the Yankee infield is up, hoping for a play at the plate. And Marvin Rackley getting his uh, first World Series ball game under his belt. He's a small, diminutive, trim, left-hand hitter. Takes a curveball over for a call strike. Frankly, um, earlier this year was with the Dodgers, then was uh, traded to the Pittsburgh Pirates for Johnny Hopp. Then uh, the Pirates uh, didn't like his arm, thought it was sore, and uh, the deal was nullified, and so he was returned to Brooklyn. So here he is in the World Series. Robinson off third, no score. Right-hander Rashid deals. Fastball hits slowly up toward third base. Robinson has to hold. Johnson throws over to first base. And it's in time. Rackley is out. A bang-bang decision at first. Out Passarella. Out of the play. Jake Pittler, the first base coach, uh, lets out a holler, but uh, that's all. So that's the second out. And Robinson had to hold at third. Rackley checked his swing and just trickled the ball up toward third. Robinson was not coming down on the... Uh, play at all, so he was caught flat-footed. So that's the big second out. A nice play by Billy Johnson, who got a rifle for an arm. Johnson to Henrik. So two are gone. Second inning, no score. And the batter is Gil Hodges. The right-hand hitting first baseman. Rashi flew around the back of the mound, going for the rosin bag. It was a big out that he just got past. Second out, that means a no run can now be scored as a result of an out. Robinson uh, jockeys back and forth off third a little bit. Rashi sets. Johnson playing a little close to third. Rashi comes to a stop position, delivers. It's a curveball low. Well, that is interesting that Rashi is not pumping with this runner at third base. Pitchers usually do that. No other runner on. But Robinson has stolen home five times this year, and he can uh, misdirect the pitcher's attention as he uh, takes his uh, feints and his dashes down off third. So Rashi is just going to come to a stop position to hold Robinson up at third. <coughs> uh, throw, fastball over, ball strike. One ball, one strike. Hodges the batter. And yesterday's ball game, Hodges was up officially twice. He can get a base hit and banged into a double play. No score. Rashi trying to get out of this jam. The sun is coming out uh, brighter. The wind continues coming in from left field. One one pitch. Too low. Over but low, just under the knees. And uh, Rashi just sort of winced a little bit at that decision. Two and one. Johnson is moving out a little bit wider at third base. Robinson leading down off third. 
but he can't go very far because Rashi is not pumping. In other words, he is getting set. He's set now, deals, fastball swung on Jordan, he got through for a base hit. Robinson cuts in, and the Dodgers get their first point of the series, and Hodges goes into second base as Lindell errors on the ball. He fumbled it, the ball hit him on the chest. So Hodges, who knocks in the run, takes the extra base as the ball handcuffs Lindell in left. That's a line single, a run batted in, of course, an earned run, and Hodges gets the extra base as the error is charged against left fielder Johnny Lindell. So it is Brooklyn 1, New York nothing, and Roy Campanella is going to be purposely passed. That's ball 1. Campanella will be purposely passed to bring Preacher Roll up to the plate. And Roy is probably uh, as notoriously a poor hitter as uh, we have around the league. In other words, he's one pitcher who gets paid for pitching. Campanella being delivered the pass. Here's ball three. Just a second. He'll be stationed at first base. And ball four. Apparently... The uh, catcher's position in the World Series on a delivered base on balls is going to be uh, the American League interpretation, where the catcher can move anywhere around and catch his box, which is plainly defined. In the National League, you've got to keep one foot like a home plate. Pitcher all right hand batter. Feeling better about things. This pitcher's all when they have runs to work on. It's now one nothing Brooklyn. Rashid, who got past two big outs but didn't get the third one, is working for the third one right now. Hodges at second, Campanella at first. Fastball on the outside for a call strike. As expected, uh, following the magnificent pitching duel of yesterday, uh, there's a curve over, call second strike. As expected by most all the observers, uh, the scoring would uh, be beginning fairly early today. You just don't uh, get pitching uh, we saw yesterday coming right back to second day on both sides. That's not in the baseball book. One nothing. Favor Brooklyn. Two out. Pitcher up with two strikes on him in the second inning. Fastball swung and a missed strike three. So that's the first strikeout for Rashi. And that uh, closes up matters. A run, a couple of hits, two men were left. There was an error. So the Dodgers uh, get out in front, and the Yankees come in now in the last of the second inning. Pitcher Hank Baroy of the Philadelphia Phillies is here to tell you that in his book, Gillette Blue Blades are number one for shaving ease and economy. You're on the air, Hank. Well, to put it my way, Gillette Blue Blades shave easier than other blades, and I figure they save money, too, because they last a lot longer. Well, also, Hank, you get better-looking shaves, don't you? Yes, Red. They're much cleaner, much smoother. Fans, for extra convenience, buy Gillette Blue Blades, 10 or 20 at a time, in the handy Gillette dispenser for the price of the blades alone. It zips them out unwrapped for quick, easy blade changing. Not only that, but it protects them perfectly. They stay factory sharp until used. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever home. Well, Hank, uh, as long as we've got you up here... Uh, what about these uh, two pitches as you see them work? How would you characterize them, one pitcher to talk about others? 
Well, they look like uh, two different kinds of pitchers. Uh, we have uh, Roe out there, who is strictly a controlled pitcher. He has a screwball, a slow curve, and a fast curve. Rash is more of a fastball-type pitcher. Throws a lot of fastballs and a sharp curveball. Thank you. Getting a bang out of the series? I am. It's a very good series, and it looks like it's going to be a little different from yesterday's series. I think we'll see uh, quite a bit of good hitting here this afternoon. Well, I did for a pitcher when the hits start going, a seat in the grass stands all right. Nice to have you, Hank. Now we've got Johnny Lindell, first up, last of the second inning. The outfield around toward left on him. He pulls decidedly. And Preacher Rowe, ahead one to nothing, delivers. Lindell hits a sharp foul in the lower left field stand, strike one. He hit well out ahead of that one. One strike as we move along. Lindell to be followed by Johnson and Coleman. All right-hand hitters. Stengel has got as many right-hand hitters as he can get. Rowe pumps twice, delivers. Lindell swings, and there's a high pop fly into short right center field. Robinson goes out from second. Hamansky, the right fielder, comes in. It's Hamansky under it, and he makes the catch. One up, one gone. And Billy Johnson. Billy Johnson, number Won many a big ball game for the Yankees. Billy he had a great World Series, if you recall, back in 1943, and the Yankees there then booked for the Cardinals. Right-hand hitter, picks a curveball in under the hands, ball one. Yesterday, Johnson went off for three, struck out twice. Well, a lot of guys struck out yesterday. Low pumps, deals. There's a drive hit deep on the left center. Snyder's got to go. He's under it, and he makes the catch as the ball sailed on him. The wind is coming in from left field, and suddenly, uh, I guess the ball was hit with some sort of English on it. As Snyder was going toward left, that ball darted back toward center. It just, it just curved. It just, just a sharp curveball. I don't think I've ever seen one uh, sail this sharply. I think the wind helped it, plus probably some sort of English that was hit on the ball. But all of a sudden, it was just like it was going to curve right away from the center field end. Snyder just stuck out his gloved hand, uh, the glove was on his left hand, and grabbed the ball one-handed. That was an odd one. It was a tough one. Not as easy as it looks to be out there on the picket lines. Okay, now the batter is Jerry Coleman. Takes a fastball high inside. Ball one. Frankie Crisetti, who can be easily heard all over the stadium. He's coaching in third now. Hollis up him up to the plate. Frankie's voice has always had that high carrying quality when he was playing shortstop for second base. You could hear him all over the place. Coleman, slender brunette, ready. Rowe's not slender. He's just plain skinny. You had to look at him twice to see him once. Ready on the mound. Rowe deals. There's a fly ball into right center field. Snyder, who's a busy young man, is under it and makes the catch. So for Snyder, that gives him three of the last four putouts. To the end of two innings, two check totals for the Dodgers. A run, two hits, and no errors. The run is earned for the Yankees. No runs, one hit, and one error. And the error had nothing to do with any of the scoring. One nothing, Brooklyn. And uh, it's the Gillette Safety Razor Company, very pleased for the 11th consecutive year to be sending you the big fall classic, the World Series.
and we'll pause now 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. For the tops in sports, listen to WOR and WORFM, your World Series stations in New York. Hello again, everybody. This is the old redhead speaking to you from high up in the third deck at Yankee Stadium behind home plate for game two of the 1949 World Series. And uh, speaking for Mel Allen, who is here in the self-same radio box, for Jimmy Britt, who is doing television, for Rene Canizares, who is sending the description to our Latin American friends. He's doing it all in Spanish. And we are delighted on behalf of the ball clubs and the commissioner and Gillette and the network to say hello to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, wherever they are, all over the world. Now we have Reese first up in the third inning. Rashi curves him outside for ball one. Outfield, round toward left. Right hand to Rashi, fastball right through there, one and one. Rashi has a big sort of uh, sideways move out there on the mound. Uh, in stepping toward the plate, he puts his uh, striding foot sort of over toward third, and his body comes down with a third base twist. Delivers, curveball high inside. Reese just did check his swing in time. Two balls, one strike. Rashi, the solid man of the Yankee pitching staff, past year. 121 for him, and some big ones. Delivers 2-1 on the outside with his fastball. Gets it over, and it's 2-2. Two, two. two balls, two strikes. First man up in the third inning. Brooklyn 1, New York nothing. Game 2 of the series. Charlie Silvera settles down to give the sign. He's got a bad hand, too. But uh, Barra's hand is just worse after catching uh, Reynolds' fastball yesterday. Reese swings a ground ball on two big bounces to short. Rizzuto up. The throw over to first in plenty of time. Rizzuto to Henrik, and that's all for Peewee. One up, one away, third inning. Jorgensen, left hand hitting third baseman, stepping in. The sun is now out the brightest that it has been. Pretty bright, too. And remember, Sunfield here at the stadium is primarily left field. And a great part of center field. Right field is always in shadow. Jogson takes a fastball high outside, ball one. Right side of the Yankee infield, that's first baseman Henrik, second baseman Coleman, straight away, and normal depth. Jogson takes a fastball high outside, ball two. The left side of the Yankee infield, shortstop Rizzuto, is up a step and a couple of steps over towards second. Third baseman Johnson is squarely off the bag and a step wider than he usually plays. In other words, they're playing Jorgensen to pull. His tendency is to pull, and the wind will help that tendency. There's a high foul ball almost straight into the air. Catches Silvara under it, and he's got it. In a sense, uh, I believe, of all the fielding chances in baseball, that's the toughest, that high foul ball straight up overhead. I've seen fellows that have been in pro ball for years uh, suddenly wind up 15 feet away from where the ball comes down. So, Jorgensen fouls out to the catcher. Silvera, very sure and steady under the foul ball. Two gone. And the battery Snyder. Over one today. Bounced out short to first in the first inning. Right hand to Rashi delivers the curve low inside. All one. I feel very much put right on Snyder, no matter which way the wind is blowing. 
Right side of the infield back. Pitch. Curveball right in there. Nice one. One and one. One ball, one strike. That's an easy move that this big right-hander has. He's a steady workman. Not spectacularly, but solid. One and one. The pitch. Curve swung on, grounded wide. Our first base, second baseman Coleman over. Up with a thrust to first in time, and Snyder is out by a step. There's a nice play by second baseman Coleman running along the edge of the infield grass. Nothing across in the top of the third inning, and at the end of two and a half, the score is Brooklyn 1, New York nothing. When Hank Baroy of the Philadelphia Phillies was on the air last inning, he said that in his experience, Gillette Blue Blades shave easier and last longer than other blades. When you try them, you'll find he's right. They do shave easier and last far longer than ordinary blades. That's because Gillette Blue Blades have ultra-keen, mirror-finished edges of glass-cutting hardness. They shave you comfortably time and again. Never break down prematurely like other blades that scrape and pull. Now, men, when buying Gillette Blue Blades, ask for the modern Gillette dispenser that zips them out unwrapped for quick, easy blade changing. The dispenser costs nothing extra. Holding 20 blades, 40 shaving edges, it's 98 cents. With 10 blades, 49 cents. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever honed. The crowd uh, settling back has not been particularly stirred all afternoon. The game, in a large degree, has resumed uh, almost the pattern of yesterday. Uh, runs uh, very, very scarce. One nothing, Brooklyn. Preacher all ready to pitch to catch Silvera, right-hand hitter. There's only one uh, uh, left-hand hitter of the regulars for the Yankees. That is uh, Henry. Must have all right-handers against the Brooklyn Southpaw. Here's the pitch to Silvera, curve on the outside, being too wide, ball one. The uh, run in the second inning was scored on a double by Robinson, who moved to third base after a long foul ball was caught by second baseman Coleman, who also uh, skidded a step in the mud as he got ready for his throw, and a single by Hodges. There's a foul ball out of play in the left field stands, upper deck. One ball, one strike. The stadium, you know, is uh, triple decked. There is the ground level. Then there is a second level, which is known as the mezzanine, and then there is the third deck. And when you get up at the top of the third deck, you are up in the air. So now, right-hand hit an open stand, swings on a curve, a high pop fly up toward third. Jorgensen, the third baseman, comes in one, two steps and makes the catch just two steps off the back. So Savara pops up to third. Row uh, a change of uh, speed artist. Start up on him a little bit then. And here's a big round of applause for the big pitcher, Vic Rashi. Rashi up. Sends Tylerwell back from the plate and off of it. Right-hand hitter. Takes a curve that Rowe just dunked right over there above the knees for a call strike. Out field toward left. Row pumping. Delivers. Curve way outside. One and one. One ball, one strike. I feel shaded toward left. 
You figure Rashes pitching to hit his weight and pull the ball to left. Throw, fastball, swung on and missed. One and two, one ball, two strikes. Roy is not the uh, type of pitcher who can who can pitch too frequently. He's slender. He has to have a great deal of rest between assignments. One and two pitches, a fastball outside for ball two. Stengel said as soon as this game is over, he will announce down in the Yankee uh, clubhouse his pitcher for tomorrow. Bert Schatten said before the ball game that it would be either Branca or Barney. That's how he saw it then. But Barney's down in the bullpen. So it depends on what uh, what Raw does today. The Brooklyn uh, pitching selection for tomorrow. 2-2 Two -two pitch, swung on, a high foul ball, deep back of first base, close to the stands, and in amongst the customers. Two balls, two strikes. Two and two. One gone, last of the third. Brooklyn one, New York nothing. I just scored in the second inning. Robinson doubled him with two out. The Hodges single got him in. One change uh, primarily in uh, each ball club's outfield. Bauer is in right field. to get a right-hand hitter for the Yankees. Hamansky moves from left to right for the Dodgers as Torello is benched because of the groin injury and Rackley's in left. Now Rowe pitches 2-2 to Rashi. Just misses outside for ball three. So Preacher, uh, who is pitching... Uh, a great deal of care to Rashi, but getting callous with him has now got the string three and two. Rashi leaning in. Roll comes down. Swung on. There's a bounding ball. Half speed to short. Reese charges it. There's the shortstop throw to first, and Rashi is out by no more than a step. So, two up, two gone. Last of the third in the top of the order, Rizzuto who whistled a line drive single into left field on his first at bat. He's the only Yankee to get on base. He never got off first. So the little shortstop plays a great game, an all-around ball player. Rizzuto up. One for five in the series, one for one today. Went off for four yesterday. Rowe gives him a screwball high outside, ball one. Rizzuto is a tough target. He's just a little bit over five feet. He's a fine demonstration that a little man can play with a big man. Throw, although for a call strike. But in addition to the fact that the uh, the physical area of the strike target for Rizzuto between his knees and his shoulders, because of, of his uh, lack of great height, is not very large, he also has uh, fine eyes and fine wrists. Swings as a hop down to short. Reese knocks the ball down, picks it up, but he can't make the throw. Mizzuto's on. Let's see if that one's officially scored. It was a hot one, and it is charged an hour on the Brooklyn shortstop. The ball was hit about two steps to the shortstop's left. In other words, between the shortstop and second base. And Reese got his glove squarely on the ball, but didn't come up with it. In other words, that's one of those plays you do or you don't, and he didn't. He merely batted it down. So it's an hour charged against Reese, and Mizzuto is on. This is the first arrow charged against Brooklyn in the series. They played arrowless ball yesterday. Now we have Tommy Henrik there at the plate, and this has created an excited hubbub and a star to sweep through the huge stadium. There goes Rizzuto. Henrik swings, falls the ball off into the left field stand on a hit-and-run play. So the Yankees were running. 
No balls, one strike. Henrik hit a short fly ball to right field of Hermansky in the first inning. He was one for four yesterday, and that one was it. The Yankees leading the series one game to nothing. Dodgers lead today, one run to nothing. With Rizzuto, the tying run at first, two out last to the third. Throw pitches, a curve on the outside missing. One and one. One ball, one strike. I feel drawn back over toward right. Henrik pulls to right. The wind is coming in from left to push a high fly ball toward right field. Throw throws to first. Rizzuto steps back on. He's quick. Quick like a little rabbit. Dickey coaching at first. 21 pitch, curve thrown and missed. That was a big sweeping curveball. Rose side on it, and Henry went after it all the way. And Tommy stepped out of the box and flexes at his back. He took such a cut at that ball that, uh, you know, that back is quite sore. I think he must have given it uh, more than a wrench right then. Uh, he's back in there. He doesn't go through any gyrations. He had to get his breath, though. That, one, that, that swing hurt him. The one and two pitch, there goes Rizzuto. Pitch out, there goes a throw down to second base, and Rizzuto is safe. He steals it. He steals it. So that's the first steal for the Yankees, and that balances the, the total of steals. His restore won yesterday for Brooklyn. So Rizzuto, the tying run, is now at second base, and Roy is mad at himself. Apparently, he must have taken his eye off Rizzuto for a moment, because Preacher threw a slow outside curveball. In other words, it wasn't a pitch out in the sense that uh, they expected Rizzuto to run. That pitch was breaking down to Campanella's left, to his left hand, and of course, catches being right-hand throws. That put Roy in a spot. He had to reach up toward third to get the ball, then had to make a reverse turn of 160 to 80 degrees in order to be able to throw down to second base, and Rizzuto steals it nicely. So they certainly selected the right pitch, a slow outside curveball, which put the catcher uh, behind the eight ball. Now the 2-2 pitch to Henrik is a fastball hit down to short. Reese is up with it. The throw is over to first base in time, and Henrik is up. So that is all for that threat. An error at short. Rizzuto capitalizing as much as he could with a steal. No runs, no hits. One man left and one error. Well, with Mel listening, to be sure that we don't get you too far off base. We'll check our three inning totals. For Brooklyn, a run on two hits and one error. For the Yankees, no runs, one hit and one error. Getting ready for the fourth inning, and Robinson, who opened up with a double in the second, and then was scored for the game's only tally on a line single by Hodges. Both of the hits off Rashi were decidedly uh, clean. Robinson, Hermansky, Rackler. That's how they go here in the fourth. Big right-hander who moved so easily, almost effortlessly. Uh, Rashi's quite graceful. Throwing down to Silvera. Henrik warming up the rest of the Yankee infield. That's Coleman at second base, Rizzuto at short, Johnson at third. Lindell has his sunglasses on out and left. DiMaggio uh, walking in sort of a small circle out in center. In right field, Hank Bauer. If you want to find out just how much a player's in the ball game, you watch uh, a fellow like DiMaggio now. He's been around so much, so many World Series. And yet, uh, he will come up on his toes on every pitch that Rashi makes or any other pitchers on the mound. Knows he's ready to go on every pitch. People wonder, well, how does he get a jump on a fly ball? That's the secret. And that takes a great deal out of you when you play baseball that hard. Robinson, one for one. Line double in the second inning. 
One nothing Brooklyn. Rashi ready to go. First pitch of the fourth inning is bunted. Foul. Jack Bunning for a base hit. He was trying to push the ball ahead of him up toward first base. The infield was deep. That's the first time that he's attempted that. Outfield toward left. Now third baseman Johnson is up. He'll take one warning for Billy. He's right up there or right off third base. And Henrik is a step closer than usual at first. Rashi on the mound pitches. Gets a fastball over nicely. No balls, two strikes. So Robinson is now behind. Rashi well ahead on the count. Crowd quiet for the moment. Rashi bends to his task, delivers. Curve low outside. One ball, two strikes. Subway train goes rumbling along back of the open bleachers behind center field. One and two pitch, swung on and missed, curveball. A good one on the outside, and Robinson strikes out swinging. That's the second strikeout for Rashid. That was a big one for him to begin the fourth inning with. Gene Hermansky, who fouled out to second baseman Coleman, deep across the right field line for the second baseman to go. Deep enough for Robinson to move after the catch of it over to third base from second. Hermansky up. Outfield toward right. Right hand to Rashi. Twist throws. And there's a ball drilled out in the right center field for a base hit. And it gets away from the Nazi on a bad hop. Joe falls down. The ball is having to be retrieved by right field of ball. Hermansky's around second base. He's on his way into third. Here's second baseman Coleman's uh, run into the ball. And it winds up as a triple because the Nazi never even touched the ball. Remember we told you that a ball dotted and Snyder just did grab the ball back in the second inning. That was a ball hit by Billy Johnson. Well, this ball out to right center field seemed to be a simple single. DiMaggio was all set to play it on the customary second bounce, and the ball suddenly hooked. It hooked away from DiMaggio, and remember the outfield is very tricky because of the recent rains. It did not rain after yesterday morning, but the rains up until then fixed it up good. And when DiMaggio cut out from under him when his feet... And now with the picture of the great center fielder on the ground, the ball rolling all the way back to where it's marked pointed in seven feet, and it's a triple for Hermansky. And the batter is Rackley, who was unable to move Robinson in with one out from third base in the second inning. He tapped out third to first. So Rackley is given the identical opportunity here in the fourth. A man at third, one out. And Rackley gets tired of waiting for Rashi. Rashi waiting deliberately, of course, to try and get uh, uh, this young ball player in his first World Series game um, thinking too much. So there is a triple. It's an odd one. Romanski off third. Rashi pitches, and there's a swing and a miss at a curveball. No balls, one strike. Rackley chokes well upon the handle of that bat. He's known to the trade as a singles hitter. Infield is drawn up, of course, hoping for a play at the plate. Outfield straight away. Hermansky leading off third. Johnson right off the bag. Rashi is pumping on Hermansky. Pitches. Pitch out. Just ball one. Hermansky wasn't going anyplace. On that pitch out, you could tell the Yankees were expecting a bunt. The squeeze play. But there was no attempt for it. But they pitched out up the third base line. It's a left-hand batter. 21 pitch. 
Curve swung on, hit slowly up towards second base. Here comes Hamansky. The throw is to the plate. In time, and he's out. Hamansky's out and gets up, and he's furious with Beans Redden for calling a bang-bang play against him. He gets up, and as he gets up, his chest and Reardon's outside uh, the chest wind protected touch, and you can see the vein in Hamansky's neck, and Reardon is also uh, uh, sore, too. Now Hamansky goes walking away. A bang-bang play at the plate, and Reardon calls Hamansky out, and Hamansky is furious. Oh, Rockley goes to first base. Coleman coming in on the slow trick of towards second. Threw the ball nicely in. Gil Hodges uh, traces the third-base corner of home plate with his bat, as if to say to the crowd, as well as to uh, Ridden, this is where Hermansky touched it. And Ridden must have said Hermansky never touched the plate, because Hodges was pointing to it with his bat. So that's the second out. Well, that's a tough decision. And, of course, that's uh, the work of the umpire. When they're close like that, it's going to be tough either way they're called. A beautiful throw in there by second baseman Coleman. He didn't lose any time. It didn't look like he had a chance when he came in on that slow trickle towards second. And Silvera was in there at the plate nicely. So... The second base of the catcher, two out. Hodges at the plate and takes a curve in under the hands. Well, that was an electric moment. In a regular season ball game, that would have been uh, quite a rhubarb. But uh, in the World Series, both players and umpires have been cautioned now to put that extra patience in there. And Amansky's every instinctive reaction was uh, to really create a ruckus, but he took a second thought and walked away. Rashi set, checks first, throws over there. Henrik Miller returns. Rockley was not off any place. You notice that most all first-place coaches are gray-haired. They get it there from these fellows taking leads and pitches thrown over there. Rashi, big right-handed set, watching first, using a head bob on the mound. Pitches, Hodges swings, and there is a drive into short right center field. Power under it, right fielder takes it for out number three. More runs and one hit in the top of the fourth inning. A real threat, however, at the end of three and a half, the score remains Brooklyn one and New York nothing. In baseball, we say the game is never over until the last man is out. But believe me, your shaving troubles are over the minute you get a modern Gillette one-piece razor. Men, these fine precision instruments change blades instantly and skim off whiskers smooth as silk. Yes, and they save fuss and bother as well, for there's nothing to take apart or put together. Nothing to jam or clog, and they rinse clean in a jiffy. There are several models from which to choose. Each includes a dispenser loaded with ten factory-sharp Gillette blue blades and a handsome, serviceable travel case. For the biggest shaving bargain ever, see the Gillette Super Speed Set, a dollar seventy-five value for a dollar. The popular gold-plated Milord at two seventy-five, and the superb gold-plated Aristocrat at three seventy-nine, also are outstanding values. Any of these Gillette razors will give you a world of satisfaction. Roll getting set for the last of the fourth, and we'll take ten seconds now for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. For the tops in sports, listen to WOR and WORFM, your World Series stations in New York. Last half of the fourth inning. Hank Bauer, who just made uh, the most recent put out. Joe DiMaggio and Johnny Lindell. All right-hand hitters. Left-hander row. Lean, skinny. He laughingly refers to himself as a big bag of muscles.
Bauer, right-hand batter, takes a change-up ball that is too high. Ball one. I feel toward left. Bauer fouled out to second baseman Robinson, first inning. Road delivers, curve swung on, drilled out into center field. It's in there for a base hit. It's a clean single for Bauer. Ball is retrieved by Snyder. Bauer's going on to second base, and he is out. Reese taking the throw in from Snyder. Wow, I guess he figured that Snyder was going to be a little cavalier about it, and he tried for two, and he got thrown out. So Bauer, all dirty, slid in there on his chest, hands straining for second base, but he was out at second. The ball was hit into center field. Snyder was playing a deep center, and he came in, and apparently Bauer thought that uh, Snyder's easy loping move, uh, I mean, he may have been decoyed by it. And let's see, uh, Rackley is coming in from left field just a moment. Maybe he hurt himself running over there to back up that play in the event the ball got away from Snyder. Rackley is walking in out of left field. We'll have to find out just what's the matter with him. Captain Reese has called time and is motioning with his right hand to uh, the bench, meaning have somebody throw. Apparently, Rackley has come out of the game. He was not involved in that play. In running across to be of assistance if he could be, maybe he pulled his leg or something, but he's out. In he comes, and he's limping down the steps. He apparently hurt his leg or his ankle. So Captain Reese is over there talking uh, with Bert Schotten, Schotten who stays in the dugout, wearing civilian clothes, of course. And Reese is now going up to plate umpire Ridden to notify him who the new left fielder will be. He has not come out of the uh, Brooklyn dugout as yet. It's going to be Louis Olmo, the senior from Puerto Rico. So I imagine that uh, Rene Canazares, who is sending the broadcast uh, down to uh, South America... I imagine he's uh, probably wishing he could get Olmo right up here. They could carry on the language that Mel and I, I think, could cope with. Olmo going out to left field. O-L-M-O. One of the ball players who was in the Mexican League affair and was reinstated in the middle of the past summer. Louis Olmo now being announced. Now playing left field for the Dodgers. Louis Olmo. So... The only thing that could have happened to Rackley is in running across. He must have twisted his ankle or pulled a muscle in his leg. And he reported it to Captain Race, uh, saying, well, you better take me out because I can't run. So Olmo is now in left field, his right-hand batter. one nothing, Brooklyn. Joe DiMaggio, formidable, uh, tremendous figure there at the plate, right-hand hitter. Left-hander all pitches, and the jolter cuts and fouls it off. There have been many days for many ball players all over the field of baseball. But no day approached the day they gave DiMaggio this past Saturday here at the stadium. And he made the day complete by leading the Yankees as they came on from behind to beat the Red Sox 5-4. Pitch down by the shins. Ball one, the ball going back to the stand. One ball, one strike. Brooklyn outfield, Olmo now in left. First World Series for him. Snatter in center. Right field, Hermansky. Imagine swing, slaps it foul against the upper stance back of first base. One ball, two strikes. The ball hit up there and bounded back down right behind uh, the Yankee dugout. Quite a scramble. One and two. 
One man out. Bauer a single to center field. But he was cut down trying to stretch it into a double. Snyder to Reese. Crow pumps once, pumps again, delivers. Strike three swinging. That was a fast screwball down low inside, and the Maggio strikes out swinging. That is the first strikeout for Rowe. Oddly enough, the first strikeout yesterday for uh, Newcomb was DiMaggio. Two men are gone, last to the fourth. Batters Lindell. Row deals. Swung on, line right back. Row beats the ball down, picks it up, throws over to first, and Lindell is out. The ball was hit right back at Row, and it hurt him on his right hand. He's looking at his right hand. It was hit right back at him. He knocked the ball down. He's wringing his right hand. That's not his uh, pitching hand, but that, that ball hurt him. He knocked it down, recovered, threw over to first. So, no runs, one hit, and nobody left. Last of the fourth inning. One to nothing, Brooklyn. The uh, sides change fields. Dodger will hit in the fifth. The Yankees are uh, going out defensively. Brashy getting ready. And men, a refreshing spick and span shave makes you look sharp and feel sharp. So be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades with the sharpest edges ever hauled. Enjoy the best looking shaves, the quickest and most refreshing in the book. Yes, and to make blade changing quick and easy by Gillette Blue Blades, 10 or 20, in the Gillette dispenser that zips them out unwrapped, ready for use. You pay no premium for this added convenience. Well, so we've got another tough ball game coming now into the mid-stages. Moving in for the fifth inning is uh, Roy Campanella to be the first batter for Brooklyn. Then uh, Preacher Raw and the Brooklyn bullpen gets active. Right-handed Jack Batter gets up to go back and start throwing with Sam Naran. Both end catcher. That line drive of Lindell's hit Rowe on the heel or maybe on the thumb of his right hand. It was hit right back at him. He didn't have much choice. Uh, he had to block that ball down to keep it from taking uh, part of his belt buckle with it. So we'll know in a moment uh, just how Rowe is. If he's pinch hit for, we'll know that uh, he's hurt. If he's going to hit for himself, we'll know that he's going to carry on. Curve is low outside the Campanella. All one. There's nobody out on deck yet for Brooklyn. It's customary if the pitcher is going to hit that the leadoff man be out there in the pitcher's place. Let him stay back in the dugout. The pitch is swung on, hit wide, a third base into left field for a base hit for Campanella. So Roy's on with a single. The ball is uh, fumbled for the moment in left field, recovered, thrown in the second, and Campanella is out. Lindell fumbled the ball briefly, and Campanella set sail for second base. But Lindell, who had fumbled one for an hour, recovered in time to throw Campanella out at second base. Jerry Coleman, the second baseman, took the throw in and made the tag. And here is Rowe coming out of the dugout to hit for himself. So I guess that his right hand is all right. In fact, I noticed as he came out of the dugout, he was carrying the bat in his right hand. So he certainly wasn't favoring it. So Campanella is a single, and he's out stretching. Rowe is recalled over to the dugout. And uh, Shotton is saying something to him. Now here's Preacher coming back up to the plate. So Campanella is out. Lindell really recovered that ball in a hurry. It looked as though uh, he was going to roll up his arm, and he was going to have trouble finding it. 
almost a replica of the play, although there was no juggle on it, a Bauer single in the center field uh, lasted the fourth inning. So Rowe, who struck out in the second inning, up for his second at bat, right-hand hitter, Munts and fouled the ball off, running for a base hit, of course. Only one run in the game. The Dodgers got it in the second inning. Only have an aggregate in the way of uh, hits of a half dozen. Pitchers are being very stingy. Throw, curveball, swung on and missed. Strike two. No balls, two strikes. Pass ball outside, ball one. On that last pitch that uh, that Rowe swung on, he took his right hand off the bat, and he pulled through with his left hand. Uh, Mel detected that, and uh, it may be that that right hand is quite sore. Apparently there's nothing broken, because Rowe is gripping the stick right now, but I notice he just flexed his right hand again. The pitch is over for call strike three, so Rowe looks at the third one. That's the third strikeout for Rashi. Two gone, nobody on here in the fifth. One and nothing, Brooklyn, and shortstop Reese, who is the leadoff of. Right-hand batter steps in. A bang-bang ball game, and the umpires are being given some bang-bang plays today. They weren't any close from yesterday. Curve is all outside. Ball one. A lot of baseball people commented on the fact that uh, there were no close umpiring decisions to be made yesterday, except always those close ones on the part of the uh, plate umpire. But it had some close ones today. One and no pitch, high inside, ball two. Because the thing that fans should always remember, the people who do not ever think in terms of a game being won or lost to the umpires, their decision is merely safe, or out, fair, or foul. Ball or strike. That's all. Pass ball over. Call strike. As the great Bill Clem once said, and it's repeated over and over again for the benefit of young umpires, umpire the ball. Two on pitch. Curve ball low inside. And it is ball three. Three and one. Three balls, one strike. You know, it's often been said that uh, an umpire doesn't know when the winning run comes over the plate. 3-1 pitch, over for a call, second strike. I think that is best explained, Mel will remember, that after Lavagetto got the only hit off Bevins two years ago in game four and knocked in the tying and winning runs, played umpire Larry Getz with the ball players running off the playing field, started to brush off home plate for the next hitter. In other words, the umpire's concentration is not on winning or losing at all which we should all be most grateful. But up to the players, it would really be a mess, wouldn't it? Reese hits a bounding ball down to third. Johnson up, throws over to first. That's all for Pee Wee, and so ends the top half of the fifth inning. The play was third to first. Go runs one hit. Everybody left, top of the fifth. And at the end of four and a half, the score is Brooklyn one, New York nothing. And before I turn the microphone over to Mel Allen here, I just want to tell you that shaving is something special when you soften your whiskers with Gillette shaving cream. Yes, men, Gillette shaving cream takes the back talk out of wiry beard in no time at all and makes the going a lot easier for your razor. You get cleaner looking, more comfortable shaved by far. 
Another thing. Gillette shaving creams, lather, and brushless contain K34, an amazing antiseptic that gives valuable protection against skin irritations caused by facial bacteria. Actually, it destroys from 85 to 99 percent of all bacteria on and beneath outer layers of the skin. So for extra shaving ease plus the protection of K34, ask for Gillette lather or Gillette brushless, 30 cents. Kamel is uh, getting ready to take over the microphone, but it's a question whether Preacher Rowe is going to take over the mound or not. Mel, how do you see this? With the Preacher not yet having come out and with people looking toward the Dodger bullpen, it tend to indicate that perhaps there may be a new pitcher coming on. On the other hand, there are those in the Dodger dugout looking in at the bench, which we cannot actually see. We can see the edge of the dugout, but evidently there's going to be somebody else coming on. There's a signal going out to the bullpen. On the other hand, Beans Reardon. Beans Reardon's gone in to look into the Dodger dugout. Now, that signal of the bullpen may have said, never mind, don't come in. Uh, we're merely speculating. Beans Reardon, plate umpire, is over at the Dodger dugout. Here comes Roy Campanella out. And Reardon walking back to the plate, and the preacher is going to come on out and pitch. So that settles that uh, problem for the moment. All concerned about it. Preacher Rowe has uh, turned in a masterful performance thus far. Has uh, dazzled the Yankees, as Red told you, with his beautiful controlled pitching, his stuff pitching. He can come in with that fastball on occasion when he feels that he wants to use it to get it over the plate, but as Red told you, he will generally waste it and try to make him hit that uh, slow curve, his other breaking stuff, or that screwball he throws. And uh, he has done a great job so far. As we come into the last half of the fifth inning, the Yankees will send up Billy Johnson, Jerry Coleman, and Charlie Silvera. So far, this series has continued to be dominated by the pitchers. A total of uh, seven hits yesterday, five for the Yankees and two for Brooklyn. And a total of six hits today, four for Brooklyn and two for the Yankees. So it's just uh, about the reverse of the situation as of yesterday at the present time. One to nothing. Favor the Dodgers as we come to the last half of the fifth inning. And Billy Johnson, who was the victim of a sensational catch by Duke Snyder in the second inning, right-hand hitter, awaits the pitch from the Dodgers southpaw. Here it is. Swung on, popped up into the air, just off to the left of the plate. Roy Campanella under it in foul territory. Makes the catch about four or five feet to the left of the plate. And there's one away. That ball evidently was doing tricks because as Johnson started to swing, he evidently had his mind made up he's going to cut on the first one. He didn't take the good cut, but he almost had to uh, sort of drop his bat and take a half cut at the ball. One down, and here's Jerry Coleman, flying to center field in the second inning, a right-hand hitter. Johnny Jorgensen is playing in close at third for him. Rose delivery, fastball is over for a call strike. Well, there's one time he used his fastman to get the strike. Get the jump on the hitter. The outfield for Coleman, almost straight away. Jorgensen in fairly close at third, Reese. Four strides to the left of second in a step. Robinson, three strides to the right of second. Your pitch is swung on, hit down the third baseline, and by Jorgensen to the left field corner, chasing it as Almo. It bounces high off the barrier. Coleman rounds first, heads for second. Almo up for the ball, flips it toward third to Reese. It's a double for Jerry Coleman. Jerry Coleman getting his second hit of the series. 
and both of them have been doubled. Yesterday, he got a two-base hit, a line drive into the right field corner. So he's on second base with one down, and the batter's Charlie Silvera popped out in the third inning to Jorgensen. Jack Banner, a right-hander, going to work in the bullpen for Brooklyn. He has been working and is resuming. Silvera, right-hand batter, stands in close to the plate. Swings and sends a ground ball into the hole. Stopped beautifully by Reese behind third to throw in time for the out. Going to third is Coleman. A beautiful play by the little colonel. That ball eluded the grasp of Jorgensen going to his left. Reese speeding to his right. Grabbed that ball back on the edge of the left field grass about 25 feet off the third baseline and fired Silvera out. And that was the key play of this inning. Had he not been able to do that, had he but uh, been able only to knock the ball down or hold on to it and not make his play, Coleman, moving to third on it, would have been in position to have scored on and out. As it is, it will require a base hit, barring the other uh, possibilities of uh, wild pitches, fastballs, and errors. But uh, it will require now a base hit on the part of Vic Grashy. In other words, a, the run cannot score on a long fly ball. So Pee Wee Reese made the key play there. Now Vic Grashy up, takes a curve over for a call strike. The little colonel showed you a flash of his superb defensive play, which has gained him national recognition. One strike to count. Outfield for Ashey, round toward left. Coleman comes halfway. Here's the pitch, swung on, a little roller fouled on the third baseline. The crowd began to uh, warm and uh, started to holler. They thought uh, Coleman was going to come all the way and try to steal home. And Jerry came uh, not quite halfway on the windup by Preacher Rowe. If he had kept coming, the crowd had kept hollering and increasing in its crescendo until he would have had the decision to play. But Jerry is merely trying to rattle the preacher. So there are two down. Coleman on third and two strikes quickly on Vic Rashi. Preacher O throws. Fastball low. Ball one, one and two. One to nothing. Favor the Dodgers. The last half of the fifth inning. Frank Rossetti coaching third for New York. Says something to Coleman. The Dodger left-hander gets his sign from Campanella. With a count of one and two on Rashi, in comes the pitch, and Vic swings and sends a roller out toward third. Charged by Jorgensen up with it, flips on over to Hodges in time, and the inning is over. A threat, and that was all. No runs, one hit. No errors for the Dodgers, one left on for New York. And at the end of five innings of play, the Dodgers lead one to nothing. Your five-inning totals... One run for Brooklyn, four hits, one error, and three men left on. And for the Yankees, no runs, three hits, one error, and three men left on. This is decidedly different from 1947 when the Dodgers and Yankees got together, isn't it, Red? It is, Mel, except uh, I think that, uh, like most everybody else, we forget that the first two games were fairly routine. The explosiveness that got rolling with the third game when we had all those bases on balls and strikeouts and stuff. And uh, then, of course, uh, I think everybody thinks that the 47 series began uh, with Bevins and Lavagette in the ninth inning. Or, to put it another way, as I know you so often say, everything in the world happens at Ebbets Field. And so it all began, perhaps, when we moved from the stadium to Ebbets Field. Well, the third game. It's like we'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> we'll be there. Going into the top half of the sixth inning, It'll be Jorgensen, Snyder, and Robinson coming up. 
And in the event there are those of you who may have tuned in late, the Dodgers got their run in the second inning when Jackie Robinson led off with a double in the left field corner, utilized his speed to dash from second to third on a foul pop caught by Jerry Coleman down the right field line as Jerry slipped in addition in the wet uh, surf, uh, turf, excuse me, uh, trying to get his throw away and then scored on a single by Hodges. Here's your pitch. And it's a strike call over the inside corner to the leadoff man for Brooklyn in the top of the sixth inning. Spider Jorgensen, who grounded out to Henrik in the first inning and fouled out to Silvera in the third. Jorgensen had the first hit of the World Series. First inning yesterday. Bats him left-handed. Big crash the right-handed throws. High and outside. He intended it for a slow curve, but it didn't break very much. The outfield for Jorgensen is toward right and center and right, with Lindell looking for the spider to slash to left, but not too sharply. Johnny's about 100 uh, uh, feet off the left field line. Johnson in close to third. A curve is swung on, lifted down that left field line. It can drop two, and if it stays fair, it'll be in there. And it drops fairly, and there is Jorgensen going into second, standing up for the double. So as they were overshifted on uh, Jorgensen in left, Jorgensen dropped that pop fly right down the left field line, and though Johnson and Rizzuto and Lindell all gave chase, they could not get to it. And it's a two-base hit for the Spider. His second hit of the series, his second double. And thus the Dodgers, who have a one nothing lead, are now in position to increase it as you move into the latter innings. And up to the plate steps Duke Snyder who grounded out in the first inning to Rizzuto and in the third inning to Coleman. Vic Crash's delivery inside to the left-hand batter, ball one. Bill Johnson is in close at third, three, four feet off the line. Rizzuto is about two strides to the left of second in halfway. Coleman at a point halfway between first and second and deep with Henrik, three feet off the first baseline in halfway, and the outfield swung way around toward right. All right, Rashi set. So is Snyder at the plate. The left-hand hitter on the pitch. Swings and misses. Strike one. Cut hard. One ball, one strike. Nobody out. Top of the sixth inning. One to nothing. Favor of Brooklyn. And the Dodgers have Spider Jorgensen on second base with nobody out. Robinson and Hermansky to follow. Meet of the order. Jake Pittler. Excited about it all. Keyed up, enthusiastic, walking up and down, coaching at first. Here's Rashi with a stretch. In comes the pitch. Snyder swings and lifts a high fly ball out into short center. DiMaggio comes racing in. Coleman going out. DiMaggio coming in. He makes the catch, and Jorgensen holds it second. The wind, because it is blowing uh, from left and quartering across toward right and out toward right, sometimes catches these balls that are high in the air and does tricks with them. So there's one away, and Robinson coming up. We have just gotten the official report on Marv Rackley. He pulled a muscle in his back. As Red told you, he was not involved in that play an inning or so ago when Bauer singled the center and was thrown out in second, attempting to uh, stretch it into a double. And Rackley, who was in left, came running over and pulled a muscle in his back. Now Jackie Robinson is up the pitch. Curve is inside and high for ball one. Robinson doubled the left in the second inning. Scored the only run of the ball game thus far. Struck out of the fourth. Big Rashi all set. Jorgensen off second. The pitch. Swung on. Hit foul. Down the right field line. Out of play. Into the upper deck. And the count is one and one. Looked as if Robinson was trying to hit that ball to right field. 
One ball, one strike, one out. One to nothing, Brooklyn. Top of the sixth inning. Johnson's in close at third for Jackie. Outfield shaded toward left and center and left. Bauer looking for Robinson. Hit the right, the big gap in right center. Rashi looked back at second. And there's Coleman dashing over to try to take a throw. Here's the pitch. Swung on. Hit foul down the right field line. Way back into the lower seats. And it's a 1-2 count. You had a situation developing there where Jerry Coleman, who was at second, darted over to the bag with the object, of course, of pulling uh, Jorgensen back to the bag and possibly taking a throw. But at that moment, Rashi decided he'd deliver into the plate instead of whirling and uh, delivering to second. And thus, Robinson, taking advantage of that opening at second, was attempting to hit through the gap. You had a lot of thinking going on at that time. One ball, two strikes. One out, one nothing, Brooklyn. Top of the sixth inning. Rashi sets, throws. Robinson swings, sends the bouncer out to Rizzuto. Rizzuto grabs it, plays it to first base, however, to Henrik in time. He took a look at Johnson at third. He might have had to play at third on Jorgensen, but elected to take it the safe way. Robinson bounces out Rizzuto to Henrik. You had Johnson moving to the bag. Rizzuto grabbed a look. And it seemed as if Phil, of course, he had to make his mind up in a hurry because Robinson is very fast getting down the line. And he perhaps thought he might mess up the play at third. Or whatever his thinking was anyway, he decided to go to first base with the throw. It's not for us to say here whether or not he might have gotten Jorgensen with the throw to third. At least uh, uh, there was a possibility, as Rizzuto was feeling that ground ball, that he might have gone to third with it. Here's Gene Hermansky. Left-hand hitter takes a curve low inside. Ball one. One ball, no strikes, two outs. Top of the sixth inning. Vic Rashi, a product of Springfield, Massachusetts, but who now lives at Lake Tenesis, New York, gets his sign from Charlie Silvera. Outfield toward right and center and right. Lindell looking for Hermansky to slice to left. Big gap in left center and a lot of room down the left knee line. Johnson in close at third. Here's the pitch. Swung on. Little roller hit down the first baseline. Could be trouble. Henry takes it. Steps on first in time for the out. No runs for Brooklyn. One hit. No Yankee errors, and one man left on for the Dodgers. That was one of those little slow rollers that could have uh, caused a lot of trouble. So the score at the end of five and one-half innings remains Brooklyn one, New York nothing. Fans, if you take the advice of Eddie Yost, third baseman for the Washington Senators, you'll get a brand-new slant on what real shaving comfort and convenience are like. Take over, Eddie. Hello, fans. As you may guess... I'm sold to the hilt on Gillette Super Speed Razor. It's a honey, and I'm mighty sure you'll go for it, too, or I wouldn't say so. Can you speak for your teammates, Eddie? Plenty of them use Super Speed Razors, and they say they're great, if that's what you mean. Folks, the Gillette Super Speed Razor changes blades instantly, cleans instantly, and gives you slick-looking shaves in jig time. You get it? And a 10-blade Gillette dispenser... And a handsome, serviceable travel case. A big $1.75 value for only a dollar. Ask for the new Gillette Super Speed Razor Set at any convenience store. Coming into the last half of the sixth inning, and we've got ourselves another one of those fingernail biting ball games. Dodgers leading one to nothing. Preacher Roll attempting to get his teammates even in this. 49 Fall Classic. 
And the Yankees have the top of the order. Rizzuto, Henrik, and Bauer coming up. Phil opened the ball game with a single. Safe on an error in the third inning. Right-hand hitter. Jorgensen in close at third. Row throws. Right over for a call strike. You always have to watch Rizzuto. You never can tell when he might dump a bunt or try to shove one to the right of the mound out toward second when he catches the second baseman back too deep. The outfield for Phil toward left. Preacher row southpaws one in, and it's outside. Ball one, one and one. Pee Wee Reese is at a point halfway between second and third in the step. Jackie Robinson, three strides to the right of second in the step, with Gil Hodges in about halfway and five, six feet off the first baseline. Row throws. The pitch is right in there for call. Strike two. Little Phil started to give it that uh, motion that he generally does when he drops a bunt, as Red indicated to you yesterday. Phil never telegraphs his bunt. He doesn't square away as most people do when they bunt. He simply, at the last moment, a little flick of the wrist, the bat drops, the ball drops, and he's off and running. Now the one-two delivery from Preacher Rowe. Rizzuto swings and hits the ground ball to Hodges. He's up with it on a big hop, steps on first after running three or four steps, and there's one away. Phil trying to hit the right field between first and second, but hit it right at Gil Hodges. One down, and up comes Tommy Henrik, who fly to right field in the first inning. Grounded out to short in the third with Rizzuto on second base. That, by the way, was one of the two times the Yankees in this ballgame have had a runner as far as second base in scoring position. Preacher Road delivers to Henrik. The left-hand batter takes a sweeping curve outside for ball one. The outfield deep and around toward right, in center and right. With Almo fairly deep and left, looking for Henrik to slice out there. The big gap in left center. Jorgensen about six, eight feet off the third baseline. In about halfway. Here's your pitch. Curve outside again for ball two. He's halfway in on the skin part of the infield, not too deep. Reese is about four strides to the left of second in a step. And Jackie Robinson shading second just a bit more than first and deep. Gil Hodges very deep, almost on the edge of the outfield grass and no more than two feet off the first baseline. Now Rose, 2-0 pitches on its way, and Henrik swings on it, sends a bouncer deep to first. Hodges takes it high, flips to roll covering, and it is in time for the out. Henrik bounces out, Hodges to roll, the preacher getting over there. The ball took a high hop on Hodges as he was all set to field it, about 15 feet off the first baseline. He took that high hop, he reached up over his head, grabbed it. Robinson was over to his left, possibly could have uh, made the play had Hodges elected to go to first. And then Gill's throw was low, but the preacher getting over, picked it up almost off the ground to uh, complete what uh, the boys in the trade always like to call a very neat play. Hank Bauer, that's him right-handed. Two outs, score, Brooklyn one, the Yankees nothing, top of the sixth inning. A game that is almost a duplicate of yesterday's, at least insofar as the tenseness of the situation and the predominance of pitching are concerned. Now the pitch is swung on, hit to third on a couple of hops, almost handcuffs. Jorgensen is up with it over to first, in time, and the inning is over. The hard smash that Jorgensen had to play very nicely because it handcuffed him, but he held on to the ball. So the Yankees are out in order. No runs, no hits, no errors for the Dodgers, nobody left on for New York. And at the end of six innings, the Dodgers, one run, five hits, one error, four left on. The Yankees, no runs, three hits, one error, and three men left on base. 
And standing up here as we go to the top of the seventh inning are the Brooklyn Partisans for their seventh inning stretch. And there are thousands of them here in this crowd that uh, we estimated somewhere in the neighborhood of 65 to 70,000. And while they are standing up taking their stretch, why don't you folks at home uh, do the same as we pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. WOR and WORFM, your World Series stations in New York. This is Mel Allen with Red Barber bringing you the 11th consecutive World Series to come your way in Gillette's Cavalcade of Sports. Jim Britt doing the television, Renee Canizares beaming uh, the broadcast in Spanish to the Latin American countries. And this uh, broadcast being shortwaved around the world through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service to 51 outlets covering the European, Asiatic, South American uh, countries, wherever our troops may be stationed, all over the world, beamed and rebeamed. Louis Almo, right-hand hitter. Steps up for his first appearance at the plate. And the delivery. Right in there for a call strike. Vic Rashi into the windup delivers. Curve swung on there. It's a drive down the left field line, but it's going foul into the upper deck. Strike two. Louie got hold of one, but he pulled it too sharply and he went into the upper deck foul. Foul by at least 25 feet. Two strikes to count. Rackley started the ball game for you late tuners in. Pulled a muscle in his back in the last half of the fourth inning and uh, Almo replaced him and this is his first appearance at the plate. The delivery. Curve. Just misses the outside corner and it's a little low. Ball one. One and two. The score. The Dodgers won. The Yankees nothing. And we're in the top of the seventh inning. In a ball game that's some one hour and 40 minutes old. Both Rashi and Preacher are very deliberate and like to take time between their pitches. The 1-2 delivery. Almo swings and hits a drive out in the right field. Coming fast as Hank Bauer. He can't get to it. It's in there for a base hit. Almo cuts first. Holds up as Bauer then bobbles the ball. But it was too late. He had taken his turn and stopped and started back. Bauer took his eye off the ball as he put it on Almo to see whether he was breaking or not. The ball was not rolling hard. It had uh, dropped in front of him and he had gotten the glove on it. So he just reached in behind him and grabbed it. So Almo is on with a bloop single to right field. It wasn't a line drive type of hit, but uh, they don't care what kind they are, whether they are the bloop type, the line type, or whatever the type, as long as they come under the heading of hits. And here's Gil Hodges, who singled a left in the second inning to drive in the lone run of the ball game thus far and fly to right field in the fourth. They pitched to Gill, high inside for a ball. Hendrick and Johnson were looking for the bunt. They both charged the plate, first and third respectively. One to nothing, Brooklyn. Seventh inning. Johnson's on the edge of the infield grass, a couple feet off the third baseline. Hendrick holding against Almo and ready to charge. Rizzuto, three strides to the left of second in halfway. About two or three strides to the right of second is Coleman and in the halfway with the outfield and general shaded step or two toward left. Rice here with the stretch, checks his runner. 
Here's the pitch. Hodges swings and sends a brown ball. After Rizzuto, it is right up with it. Over to Coleman for one. Back to first base. It is a double play. The Yankees execute a thrilling double play because that ball was hit into the third base hole. Had it been hit a little harder, probably gone through for the base hit. But not being hit uh, too hard, it still, uh, though it gave Rizzuto time to flash his right and grab it, also made the Yankee infielders hurry to get the double play. Phil grabbed it, fired to Coleman, who pivoted, and over to Henrik for the DP. Now Roy Campanella takes a curb outside for ball one. The double play is a pitcher's greatest weapon. Outfield around toward left. Here's the pitch. Curve low outside for ball two. Two balls, no strikes. We have seen some thrilling baseball from the standpoint of well-executed baseball. From the standpoint, perhaps, of baseball as it was originally conceived. Not too much of the power type, but close to the best baseball that is so often exciting in a quiet sort of way. The 2 nothing delivery to Campanella. Strike call over that outside corner, two and one. Red, I suppose you might use the word seething for this type of baseball. That's a pretty good word, Mel. It uh, continues and continues, and you're always tense because no one team ever gets too far ahead of the other, at least so far. There's only been one run difference between them ever since the World Series started. Well, if they don't cut it out, a lot of people are going to start developing ulcers. <laughs> Here's the 2-1 pitch, and Campanella swings and sends a long drive to deep left center field. Lindell races back and back and back, and he hauls it in for the out. No runs, one hit, no errors, and nobody left on. And the score at the end of six and a half innings remains Brooklyn 1, the Yankees nothing. You know, when Eddie Yost of the Washington Senators talks up the Gillette Super Speed Razor, as he did on the air last inning, you can be plenty sure it is a honey, just as he said. Men, this razor changes blades instantly, skims off whiskers smooth as silk, and rinses clean in a jiffy. There's nothing to take apart or put together, nothing to jam or clog, and you don't have to be a locksmith to make it work. For tops in shaving ease and convenience plus value that can't be matched, ask for the new Gillette Super Speed Razor Set at any convenience store. You got a fine, precision-made Gillette one-piece razor, a Gillette dispenser holding ten factory-sharp Gillette blue blades, and a modern serviceable styrene travel case. All in all, a big dollar seventy-five value for only one dollar. Yes, that's right. You pay only one dollar. Yankee fans still standing after having taken their seventh inning stretch. And by the way that the people stood in the top and now in the bottom half of the seventh inning, you would not know whether Brooklyn or Yankee partisans predominated. It looked like an even-steven proposition. Yankee fans are beginning to holler right now. Last the seventh, one nothing Brooklyn. Joe DiMaggio leading off. Preacher roll throws. DiMaggio takes inside for ball one. The clipper flied to center and struck out. They flamed to pull sharply. Snyder deep and over toward the left center and Almo way over toward the left field line. Hermansky's not looking for Joe to hit uh, too much into right center, though. 
And the delivery. Swung on and fouled off to the left of the plate as Joe took that good cut. One ball, one strike. He has one of the most graceful swings that any ball player has ever had. As Red Rolfe, now manager of the Detroit Tigers, remarked once this summer as he noted a picture in the Yankee press room after a Yankee Tiger ball game, a picture showing DiMaggio batting against Bob Feller when Feller pitched a no-hitter against the Yankees in 46. He said, just look at that. A sheer picture, or a picture rather, of sheer power. DiMaggio swings and sends a bounder right to third to Jorgensen, right near the line. He's up with it, flips on over to Hodges in time, and there's one away. And so the Yankee Clipper remains hitless in this World Series. And up to the plate now comes Johnny Lindell, who flied to right and bounced out to row in the fourth inning. I say bounced out. He lined out to row and almost got row out of the game, not because of Rowe's pitching deficiencies at all. And that liner hit row uh, on the glove as he knocked the ball down. It was his right hand, not his pitching hand, and really puffed it up a little bit. He was concerned about it for a while and caused speculations of whether he'd be able to continue or not. He has, and he's done magnificently. Now the pitch to Lindell. The curve is up high. Ball one. One to nothing, Brooklyn. Last half of the seventh inning. Lindell asks plate umpire Beans Reardon to have a look at the ball. Says it's all right. Reardon calling balls and strikes. National League. Art Passerell of the American League umpiring at first base. Lou Jordan of the National League at second. Cal Hubbard of the American League at third. George Barr of the National League down the right field line. Ed Hurley of the American League down the left field line. There's a pitch swung on. Supply ball. Hit out into left field. Lou Almo gets under it, and he makes the catch. So there are two away. And Billy Johnson stepping in. Johnson robbed of an extra base hit on a beautiful running catch by Duke Snyder of Johnson's liner in the second inning that did tricks. Not only sank, but curved. And Snyder wound up having to make a gloved hand catch of the ball to his left as he was racing to his right. Johnson fouled out in the fifth inning to Campanello. Preacher Rowe throws, misses the outside corner with a half-speed ball, and it's ball one. As Red remarked earlier in the game, Rowe has not shown you any of the overpowering type of stuff that Newcomb or Reynolds did yesterday. He's not that type of pitcher. There's a curve outside, ball two. But he is a stuff pitcher who mixes up his slow curves, and he'll toss a faster in there on occasion. He won't overpower you, but he can fool you. Two down, and the 2-0 pitch to Billy Johnson. Right over there for a call strike, 2-1. 1-0 one. One Brooklyn, last of the seventh. This is steady, consistent, hard-fought baseball. Brilliant pitching. Now the 2-1 delivery. Swung on, there's a line drive to left field that almost races in for, can't get, the bounces, takes it on one hop. Throws quickly into second. Johnson takes his turn around first and is on with a single on a ball that Almo conceivably could have caught had he kept coming in. But at the last second, he, for some reason, decided to stop and go back and took it on a hop. So Johnson is on with a line single to left. And that is hit number four for the Yankees. Never more than one in any inning. The Dodgers, who have had a total of six hits, found themselves with only with more than one and only one inning, and that was the big inning of the game thus far, Robinson's double and Hodges' single, giving the Brooklyn's their one nothing lead. Now you have Jerry Colvin, who plied to center in the second, double last time up. Jerry takes just outside for a ball, the fastball. Colvin doubled into the left field corner in the fifth inning with one out, but neither Silvera nor Rashi were equal to getting him around. He did advance to third. 
on Silvera's infield out, but that was as far as he got. Brooklyn one, New York nothing. Seventh inning, two down. Stretch by row of the pitch. Jerry Coleman takes strike call. That was a fastball. Came in there just below the shoulders. One and one. That's the count on Coleman. One and nothing. That's the score in favor of Brooklyn. Tomorrow, remember, the scene ships to Ebbets Field. And we will be on the air at 1245 Eastern Standard Time. Row throws, Coleman, there goes the runner, there's the throw down, and in there safely is Johnson with the stolen bases. Everybody was fooled in the whole ballpark. Reese didn't cover, Robinson didn't cover. And I'm just wondering if maybe Jerry Coleman hadn't missed the sign. Billy Johnson does not steal bases. He stole one during the entire season. But sometimes the uh, unexpected is what uh, defeats the opposition. We can only speculate as to whether, uh, I mean, frequently it could happen that a batter missed a hit-and-run sign, or the uh, base runner, rather, uh, might have gotten the notion that he saw one and didn't. A lot of things could happen, but the fact remains that neither Reese nor Robinson covered and it would probably be Robinson's uh, job to cover. We don't know just what their situation is, but with Coleman, a right-hand hitter up, and who can pull. Here's your delivery. Swung on, little roller, hit wide at first. There's Robinson in on it, up with it, over to Hodges, in time, and the inning is over. So nothing came of the stolen base. No runs for the Yankees, one hit. No errors for the Dodgers, and one left on for New York. So your seven inning totals... Brooklyn, one run, six hits, one error, four left on. The Yankees, no runs, four hits, one error, and four men left on base. And thus we move along to the eighth inning with Preacher Rose scheduled to lead off for Brooklyn, and then the top of the order, Pee Wee Reese and Johnny Jorgensen. Ebbets Field tomorrow for the third game of the series. For the fourth game of the series. And for the fifth game of the series, unless you anticipate a sweep. Something most people don't listen to his hand for all. In the event a sixth game is necessary, the teams will return to Yankee Stadium. And in the event the seventh game is necessary, it too will be played here. So we're ready now for the top half of the eighth inning. Preacher Rowe is the batter. Charlie Silvera motions to Lindell to move in a little closer and left. Johnson's in close at third. Vic Brashy, the right-hander, into the windup. In comes the pitch, and it's outside for ball one. It was a fastball. Rowe has struck out twice. Once swinging, the last time watching the third strike go by. Milton Stock clapping his hands together, coaching there at third. Jake Cutler coaching at first. Rashi throws, swung on and missed. Strike one, one and one. One ball, one strike. The outfield is very shallow. And the delivery. 
Swung on and missed. Strike two. One and two. Fastball delivered uh, inside to the batter in front of the wrist. Here we reach in the batter circle. Rash is one two delivery. High. Ball two, two, two. Jake Pittler comes out of the first base coach's box, cups his hands over his mouth, hollers something up the road, pep him up a little. Coaches uh, do another job, too, in moving around and hollering. They sometimes rattle pitchers. Here's your 2-2 delivery on its way. The right-hand batter swings and misses, strike three. Rowe goes down, striking out for the third time. That's four strikeouts for Rashi. Three of them have been at Rowe's expense. The other was Jackie Robinson in the fourth inning. Now we go to the top of the Dodger order. The little Colonel, Pee Wee Reese from Louisville, Kentucky. Flying to left, grounded to short, grounded to third. Johnson moves in close at third. Reese a good butter. Outfield shaded slightly toward left. Rashi fires. The pitch is swung on. Hit sharply out to shore. Rizzuto is right up with it. Throws over to Hendrick in time. And Reese is out. Two up and two away. Now you've got Johnny Jorgensen coming to bat. Grounded out to Hendrick. Fouled out to Silvera. And then doubled to left in the sixth inning leading off. But did not score. A lone run thus far occurred in the second inning when Jackie Robinson doubled him in the left field corner for his first hit of the series. Advanced to third, and with two down, scored on Hodges, single to left. Jorgensen bats him left-handed, and on the first pitch, swings and lines one right to Coleman for out number three. The ball sank a bit. It started out as if it'd be over Coleman's head in the right center for a base hit, but it sank and came right down in Jerry's glove. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left on. At the end of seven and a half innings, the score, Brooklyn won. The Yankees, nothing. It was next to impossible, old-timers say, to hit a ball past Jimmy Collins, the greatest third baseman of them all. Now, I say it's not just next to impossible, but absolutely impossible to find another razor blade as sharp, as easy shaving, and as long-lasting as today's Gillette Blue Blade. What's more, this blade fits your Gillette razor exactly and protects you from the irritation and discomfort caused by ordinary blades and faulty shaving methods. So men, for utmost shaving satisfaction at an actual saving in money, buy Gillette Blue Blades. In the original package, they're five for a quarter. In the handy Gillette dispenser that deals them out unwrapped, you get 20 blades, 40 shaving edges for 98 cents, 10 blades for 49 cents. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades for the sharpest edges ever honed. And as we come into the last half of the eighth inning, Casey Stengel, with the game going late, last the eighth, is trying to make his move. He is sending in Johnny Mize to bat for Charlie Silvera. And Joe Page has just gone to work in the Yankee bullpen. And there may be a pinch hitter for Vic Rashi. It's one to nothing in favor of the Dodgers. So Johnny Mize, who came from the National League to the Yankees toward the end of the season, in time to be eligible for the World Series, is pinch hitting for Silvera. In comes the pitch. Strike one, it's called. Sidearm delivery got the outside corner. 
Myers is no stranger, of course, to Rowe or the Dodgers. Rowe delivers, sidearm again, it's outside, ball one, one and one. Myers hurt his shoulder after joining the Yankees, having played a couple of games for them in the play at Comiskey Park in Chicago and has been unable to play first base, but can swing a bat. He can't throw. The 1-1 pitch. Swung on, hit out in the right field, coming fast for it is Hermansky. Can't get it. It's in there for a base hit. Grabs it on a hop close to second, and Myers pinch hits and singles to right field. Now we'll have a runner. Johnny Mize singles to right, gets a hand as he leaves first base, but George Sternweiss going in to run for Mize. And Bobby Brown is going to come up to hit for Vic Rashi. So Mize hitting for Silvera, singles to right. Sternweiss is going in to run for Mize. And Bobby Brown will come up to hit for Rashi. Little conference with Reese, Hodges, and Preacher Rowe. Johnny Mize gets a base hit in his first appearance in a World Series. Banta going to work in the bullpen for Brooklyn. Just in passing, as great a record as Johnny Mize has compiled as great a star as he's been, he had never appeared in a World Series. And this was his first appearance. And the Georgia boy single to right. He lives down in the Florida now. And here's Bobby Brown, who hit 303 on the regular season, batting for Rashi. Spider Jorgensen moves way on the grass at third, stretched by Rowe. There's a move to first base, Sternweiss back. You're going to try and hold him very close. The outfield for Brown, almost straight away. Snyder's just a step over toward the right center from a straightaway center position. The pitch, right in there for a call strike, sidearm delivery, broke right over. Gil Hodges comes over now to say something to Preacher Rowe. Reaches down to pick up the Rosen bag as he uh, says something to him, Sato voice. One to nothing, Brooklyn, last of the eighth inning. And for the first time in the ball game, the fans are getting really aroused. Getting down to the final stages. Here's your pitch, Bobby Brown bunts. No, he held back, pitches outside for a ball. He went into the bunt motion. Beans Reardon, back of the plate, went down on the knee and watched the plate very closely and said no, he did not make the motion, and the pitch was outside, and it's ball one, and the count is one and one. So here is a situation. The Yankees trailing by one. They have a runner on. Dodgers are looking for that bunt. Brown up, chokes his bat, leans over the plate. The pitch he is taking is in there for call strike two. The preacher cut loose with a fast one that time. He figured Brown would be bunting. Brown was not going to bunt. He was ready to swing, but took the pitch. He got the outside corner about letter high. One ball, two strikes. And now Jorgensen has backed up at third. Reese and Robinson both in a couple of steps. Had double play depth in the event of the ground ball coming their way. Hodges holding uh, Sternweiss to stretch by row. Here's the pitch, and Bobby Brown takes strike three. Call over the outside corner. Preacher Rowe gave Bobby that left-handed screwball, the pitch that made Carl Hubble famous. 
Matter of fact, the last two pitches were screwballs. Red uh, reminded me of that. And Bobby Brown, who was quite a nuisance to the Dodgers in the 47 World Series, strikes out in a pinch hitting roll here in the last of the eighth inning. So there's one out. Sternweiss running for Mize, who pinch hit successfully for Silvera on first. The throw over, not in time. And the batter is Phil Rizzuto, who singled in the first inning, safe on an error in the third, and grounded out in the sixth to first baseman Gil Hodges. Jorgensen moves in close to third. Row ready. Checks his runner. Looks around. Now the pitch. It's inside for a ball, Rizzuto. One ball, no strikes. Dodgers leading one to nothing. Tommy Henrik in the batter's circle. Little Phil up there trying to advance his teammate, George Sternweiss, one way or the other. Time has been called by Sternweiss, as we mentioned his name. Sternweiss called time. And... Uh, fakes a uh, pulling of the tongue of his shoe on his left foot, but actually stealing a look down to Rizzuto to get straightened out on the sign. Now Pell is back in the hitting position. Stretched by Rose, turning wise for the short lead. A look around. Here's the pitch. Swung on and fouled back to the screen. The count is one and one. So the crowd is warming to this situation with the Dodgers leading one to nothing. Last the eighth inning. And with a runner on, things could happen. And so Dodger partisans are rooting for Rowe to stop a potential rally. Yankee partisans are rooting for the Yankees to come along and tie it up or go ahead. And so the battle continues to seethe out here at Yankee Stadium. And Preacher Rowe, very calm, delivers. Rizzuto bunts the ball down towards third. There's Rowe going over, picks the ball up, boots it. He boots it, and all hands are safe. Littlefield dropped a bunt down the third baseline. Rowe raced over, grabbed the ball, started a whirl to throw, and then dropped it. And they have scored it as an error. Sternweiss is on second, and Rizzuto on first. And the batter is Tommy Henrik. It will probably be scored as a sacrifice and an error. It is. It's a sacrifice for Rizzuto and an error for Rowe. And here's Henrik, who flied to right, grounded to short, and grounded to Hodges. Rowe stretches, pitches. Henrik takes outside. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. And so the Yankees, for the first time in the ball game, of any consequence at least, have begun to put a little pressure on Rowe. Whether or not they'll be able to break through remains to be seen. Sternweiss off second, Rizzuto off first, the pitch. Outside, ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Rizzuto was on first with nobody out in the first inning. He was on first with two outs in the third. Coleman was on second with one out in the fifth. And Johnson was on second with two outs in the seventh. So the Yankees have not had a runner. Uh, I'll say that Coleman actually advanced to third uh, with two outs in the fifth inning. That's the only run they've had as far as third. Two balls, no strikes on Henrik. Sternweiss moves off second. Rizzuto off first. The pitch. Swung on him. Strike one. 
Henry gave it the good cut. And it's a 2-1 count on Old Reliable. Dodgers leading 1-0. Last half of the eighth inning. One out. Sternweiss on second. Rosito on first. The outfield toward right. And roll with the stretch. Comes in with the pitch. It is fouled off to the left of the plate by Henrik, who didn't even swing. He started to, held up. And the ball hit his bat and skipped on in behind the plate. So the count is 2-2. Two and two. And the preacher... Walking very easily and calmly around the mound. Not too perturbed. He's been in situations like this before. Perhaps tougher ones. Never in a World Series, but in battling to get into a World Series. And so he looks to get the sign from Campanella. And Sternweiss moves off second. Rizzuto off first. The 2-2 pitch is swung on and fouled off behind the plate. As the preacher delivered that screwball up there. The pitch on which he struck out pinch hitter Bobby Brown. Joe Page, in the meantime, is heating up in the bullpen. Two balls, two strikes, one out. Last the eighth inning. Dodgers won, Yankees nothing. And perhaps the first truly exciting moment outside of Tommy Hendricks' dramatic sudden death blow in the ninth inning yesterday that we have had so far in the series. That is, anything that kept building and building in any given instant. So with the count, two and two. Row stretches. Sternwise off second. Rizzuto off first. The pitch swung on and fouled back again on the screen. And Henrik slams his bat. He sort of flipped it into the air and slammed it with his left hand because evidently that was the pitch that he was looking for and wanted but didn't do anything with. So before some 70,000 fans, 70,053, we have... Uh, Tremendous tension building up here. It's a battle between Rowe and Henrik right now. Sternweiss off second, Rizzuto off first the pitch, and Henrik takes just outside for ball three. That was close. Full count on Henrik, three and two. And now you have the situation with runners on first and second being forced by this pitch. But whether or not Casey Stengel will have them running with one out or playing it safe, Eighth inning of a World Series behind one nothing is something we shall have to look for. The stretch by row, the check of the two runners. A look around. There they go. The pitch is swung on and foul tip. Dennis dropped by Campanella. How about that? There was Tommy Henry. Almost struck out. A foul tip and with that tremendous spin off the bat. That's pretty rough on a catcher trying to hold those. And it's tough on a pitcher when a catcher doesn't. But that's a job I don't believe I'd like to have. Would you read that catching department? And now time is called as Pee Wee Reese trots in from short to talk to the preacher. Just a nickname. That is not his profession. He is a school teacher by trade. And so far this afternoon has been giving the Yankees a few lessons in baseball. It's a full count on Henrik. Sternweiss on second. Rizzuto on first. I think Campanella probably wanted to throw that ball to third so quick that the runner's breaking might have caused him to drop it. The stretch. They're playing it safe. The pitch is swung on. It's a fly ball to left field. Almost going back. He's going to get under it. And he makes the catch for the out. Sternweiss and Rizzuto each halfway go back to second and first respectively. And they got rid of a rough man. Two down on the batter is Hank Bauer. Henrik flying to Almo and left. No advance. 
And there was a thrilling little duel going on right there, particularly in view of the fact that it was Tommy Henrik who broke up the ball game yesterday and who had that opportunity here in the eighth inning. Preacher Rowe was equal to it. He was pitching, and Tommy was swinging, and the crowd was thrilled. And now with Hank Bauer coming up, there are Rowe, Robinson, Reese, and Jorgensen discussing the situation. And Pee Wee, while talking it over, reached into his hip pocket, extracted a stick of chewing gum, and shoved it into his mouth while he was uh, also talking uh, to Preacher. Pee Wee, the captain of the team, the great competitor. And now here's Hank Bauer, who fouled out in the first inning to Robinson, who moved in behind Hodges across the foul line to catch the pop-up, and who singled in the fourth and grounded the third and the sixth. The outfield way around toward left. Jorgensen deep at third, two, three feet off the line. Reese deep at short, over into the third base gap. Jackie Robinson about three strides to the right of second. Hodges deep, six feet off the first baseline. Row ready. Here's his pitch, and Bauer swings and sends one to third, and beautifully up with it is Jorgensen throws to Robinson for the force out at second on Rizzuto, and the threat is over. No runs for the Yankees. One hit, one error for the Dodgers, and two men left on for New York, and Rowe continues to refuse to let the Yankees have more than one hit in any inning, though that was the closest they came because that smash by Bauer was very well hit and almost went to the left of the spider, but he went over to get it. So the score at the end of eight innings remains the Dodgers won, the Yankees nothing. Well, you know, folks, no wonder the Gillette Tech Razor is world famous. It skims off stubble with light, gentle strokes and gives you clean, smooth shaves that feel as good as they look. The Gillette Tech has a solid bar guard that sets up whiskers as a barber does. Its non-skid tread prevents nicks and bend an ear to this. Complete with five Gillette blue blades, the Gillette Tech razor is yours. Before we go into the ninth inning, we pause ten seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. For the tops in sports, listen to WOR and WORFM, your World Series stations in New York. Coming into the ball game for the New York Yankees is Joe Page. Vic Crashy was removed for the pinch hitter in the last of the eighth inning. Gus Nyhaus goes in to do the catching as Charlie Silvera was removed for a pinch hitter. So a new battery for the Yankees in the ninth inning. Page pitching, Nyhaus catching. Barra's left hand is still swollen. A fractured thumb that he sustained back on August 7th. Hit by a pitched ball, and which uh, put him out of action for a month. And which still uh, gives him trouble. Was aggravated yesterday as he received those... Uh, murderous fastballs of Allie Reynolds. And now as we go to the top of the ninth inning, Duke Snyder, left-hand hitter up, grounded a short to second, skied to center. Joe Page, making his uh, first appearance of this World Series, comes in with a delivery, swung on and fouled back, strike one. A good cut by Duke Snyder, a good fastball delivered by Page. One to nothing, favor the Dodgers. 
There are probably several things that you people listening in are wondering about in the nature of statistics and World Series history that we will tell you about in a little while. Page delivers outside ball one. As a matter of fact, it uh, possibly will be delayed intentionally by us to the end of this game. And Red is doing a lot of thumbing through the good old record book, double-checking situations, and we'll discuss them with you. The 1-1 pitch. Swung on, hits sharp into the hole between third and short in the left field for a base hit. Johnny Lindell comes over, up to the ball, bobbles it momentarily, fires into second, holding first is Snyder with his first hit of the World Series. Hit that one on the handle and sliced it in the left, but it had so much power behind his swing that it was well hit. Now you've got Jackie Robinson coming up. Jackie doubled in the second inning, struck out on the fourth, grounded to short in the sixth. And the Dodgers are in position to, uh, with a one nothing lead, to go for the extra one by way of the bunt by Robinson, who is one of the best at bunting and also at beating them out. But we'll see. He might be swinging. Johnson's looking for the bunt. The throws to first base back in time of Snyder. More action taking place in the New York bullpen, which is in a runway between the bleachers and the right field grandstand. Page stretches, checks his runner. The pitch inside to Robinson and low. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. Dodgers leading one to nothing, top of the ninth inning. Page gets his sign. He's ready. Here's the pitch. Robinson shortens up, bunts the ball at a beautiful spot. It's taken by Hendrick. Plays it to Coleman for the out. He cocked his arms if he's going to throw to second Rizzuto, but so he did not have a chance to get Snyder, who was really winging. And the fans started to come up with a roar, thinking that Hendrick was going to make a play too late there. But he stopped his motion and whirled and threw to Coleman, who had come over from first, uh, from second to first, to take the throw. It's a sacrifice for Jackie Robinson. He is out. Hendrick to Coleman. Thus, a runner is set up in scoring position for the Dodgers, and here is Carl Perillo coming out to bat for Gene Hermansky. Perillo, who was the leading Dodger hitter in the stretch run, who is out of action today because of a groin injury that hampered him no end yesterday, and Bert Schotten, playing percentage to the hilt, is sending up this right-handed batter with a left-hand pitcher now coming in for New York, Joe Page, and Perillo is up there to hit for Gene Hermansky with Snyder on second, one out, ninth inning, one nothing Brooklyn, and Page steps off the rubber momentarily to break the tension. Dodgers one, Yanks nothing. Page sets, throws, Perillos fouls it off to the right of the plate. I started to say he swung, he started to, check his swing, but the ball hit the bat and skipped foul off to the right. One strike on Carl. The Gillette Safety Razor Company, very happy to bring you all of these thrilling situations in this World Series. Snyder has a short lead off second. Joe Page throws. Perillo swings and lets a high pop-up out in the short right. Coleman backtracks. He's under it. Henry collars Jerry, and Coleman makes the catch, and holding second is Snyder. Looks like I saw a little white that time coming out of the pocket of Coleman's glove as that ball might have spun around a little. So there are two down. And Louis Almo coming up. He was Rackley's replacement in the last of the fourth when Marv 
pulled a, a back muscle running to back up a play at second base. Almo digs in at home plate, stands deep in the batter's box, slightly open stance, holds the bat down to the end of the handle, not too close to the plate now. Johnson deep at third, near the line, Rizzuto over towards second, a lot of room between shortstop and third baseman. Here's your pitch, and it's outside for a ball. One ball, no strikes. And here are two teams who have so far come up with magnificent pitching in the, the two games of this World Series. Joe Page sets, throws, swung on, a bouncer hit out to shore. Rizzuto grabs it, two hops, flips on over to Henrik in time, and the inning is over. So Joe Page actually was the first pitching uh, change that was necessary in the series, and that brought on not by a pitching deficiency, but by the need of a pinch hitter. No runs for the Dodgers, one hit. No Yankee errors, one left on. And so we come to the fateful ninth, last half of the ninth, with Brooklyn leading one to nothing. And thus the shoe, so to speak, is on the other foot. Yesterday at this very same time, it was a scoreless ball game, and Tommy Henrik coming to bat, and with dramatic suddenness on a 2 nothing pitch, a rifle shot into the right field seats, and the 66,000, stunned by the suddenness of it all, sat there for a moment. Now, as we come to the last half of the ninth thing today, the Yankees trail by one to nothing, and you've got Mike McCormick going to the outfield for the Dodgers. He will play right field in place of Gene Hermansky, for whom Carl Perillo hit. Thus you have... For Brooklyn, Louis Almo in left, Snyder in center. Mike McCormick, who played in a World Series previously, in right field. And leading off in the last of the ninth inning is Joe DiMaggio, who flied to center, struck out, and grounded to third. And Elwin Rowe, from down in Arkansas, is into the windup and pitches. And DiMaggio swings and fouls it off upstairs to the left of the plate, strike one. Somebody made a fair catch for a souvenir and gets a hand. One strike to count on DiMaggio. The outfield swung toward left. In center and left with McCormick looking for DiMaggio to hit toward right a bit. He hadn't been pulling too much since he was ill. And your pitch. Right in there beautifully for a call. Strike two. The curve. Johnny Lindell on deck and Billy Johnson to follow. One to nothing in favor of Brooklyn. Last half of the ninth inning. Jorgensen deep at third near the line. Reese over into the third base gap. Jackie Robinson, two, three strides to the right of second. Gil Hodges, ten feet off the first baseline in halfway. The Dodger left-hander throws. Demand swings and sends a little roller out towards short. Coming in fast forward is Jorgensen up with the ball. Fires to first base. Not in time. Demand beats it out. Joe DiMaggio beats out a slow roller. He was fooled by the pitch. Did not get the solid part of the bat on it at all. Hit over the ball and hit a slow roller out toward uh, a point between third and short. Spider Jorgensen raced in, grabbed it, and fired, but DiMaggio beat it out for an infield hit. Jack Banner goes to work in the bullpen. 
And now here's Johnny Lindell up. Fly to right. Bounced out to the pitcher and fly to left. Jorgensen moves in close at third to look for the bunt. Hodges holding against Joe. There's Robinson sneaking in behind. There's a pitch out. A throw down to first. The manager's just in there in time as Jackie Robinson made a fallaway diving catch of that throw by Campanello to keep it going into right field. Red and I were able to spot that play immediately because Jackie Robinson started moving quickly toward first base, something that he would not normally do if he weren't looking for the pickoff. But the pitch out was called for because if he left his position like that, the batter sometimes could drive one through it. But you could see as he started racing to first, as Hodges started racing in, they were trying to work that beautiful pickoff play at first. Ball one, no strikes. Jorgensen looking for the bunt, so is Johnson. Here's the pitch. Lindell swings and he misses. First strike as he was going for the base hit. Hoping for it. He's not going for the bunt. One ball, one strike. Sometimes batters uh, go up there and uh, purposely miss a swing like that to try and move a infielder back a bit and then lay the bunt down. We'll watch. Row ready. Ninth inning. There's a move to first base to Manjo back. Beautiful to watch everybody move. There's the right fielder. Mike McCormick darting toward the right field line on that throw to first. The stretch. Here's your pitch. Lindell shortens up. Bunts into the air. Foul off the right of the plate. Hodges charging. Couldn't get to it. So it's a 1-2 count on Lindell. And now he's got to be swinging. And the possibility of many things happening. Either for good or for bad, depending on which way you're looking at it. And we're looking at it from a point directly back of home plate right down the middle. One ball, two strikes. Jorgensen backed up at third. Hodges holding against the match. Oh, last of the ninth inning, one to nothing, Brooklyn. The stretch, here's the pitch. Lindell swings and he misses. Strike three, and he's out of there. That's the third strikeout for Rowe. He hasn't struck out too many, but he has struck them out when he had to. He struck out Brown in the eighth inning with a runner on first and nobody out. He struck out Lindell in the ninth with a runner on first and nobody out. And here's Billy Johnson, who's had one for three. It's an easy lob over to first base to match on the bag all the while. Johnson lined to center, foul to the catcher, single to left. One down, last of the ninth inning. Rowe ready. There's a move to first base again to match back. A lot of times people feel that when a batter doesn't bunt, that he's deficient in that respect. Sometimes that pitcher's got an awful lot to do with it. Here's your pitch. Low inside, ball one. That pitcher can throw that ball the way he wants to. They're very difficult to bunt them sometimes. In other words, it isn't as easy as it looks. The southpaw throws. Johnson takes strike call over the inside corner. And that's the first beef that's been registered all afternoon on a call decision at home plate. To any extent, Johnson walked out of the box. Didn't say too much, but in his actions indicated that uh, he was displeased with the call. But says very little. One ball, one strike, one out. Last of the ninth inning, one to nothing, Brooklyn. Demanjo off first. Here's your delivery. Johnson swings and foul tips it for strike two. And Preacher Rowe is mixing up his curves, his screwballs, in magnificent fashion. 
One and two the count. One out, last the ninth. Brooklyn one, New York nothing. The Dodgers run coming in the second inning when Jackie Robinson led off with a double and with two down, scored on Hodges' single left after he had advanced to third on an infield out. Here's your pitch. Swung on, a fly ball hit foul down the right field line and going out of play. Robinson advanced to third, excuse me, on a top fly foul that uh, Jerry Coleman caught down the right field line. Slipped as he was about to throw, but Jackie, with his great speed and a daring gamble, raced to third and made it easily. Not even drawing the throw. All right, we're ready. Here's your pitch. Johnson swings, pops it up into the air. Down toward uh, second, toward first. Jackie Robinson is coming in under it and makes the catch. He took a look at Johnson. See whether Billy was going to run it out or not. If Billy was uh, running too slow, he might have allowed it to drop and then started uh, what he would have hoped to have been a DP. So Johnson pops out to Robinson. Jerry Coleman is the batter. And you have had, as uh, an incidental bit of information, important actually, rather than being incidental, and this is in no wise mentioned at this time for purposes of jinxing anybody, but merely from a repertorial standpoint, that the Dodgers, the Dodgers pitchers, Newcomb and Rowe, have yet to walk a man in this series. Two outs, last of the ninth inning. Jerry Coleman, who flied to center, double to left and grounded to second, is the batter. DiMaggio on first. Dodgers leading one to nothing. Row ready. Here's his pitch. Coleman takes high. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. Row, of course, is quite a control artist. That is the secret of his pitching success, along with his natural stuff. But regardless of how much stuff a pitcher may have, if he's unable to control it or to put that ball where he wants to, it doesn't do him too much good. Now the left-hander throws, and Coleman swings and fouls it off to the right of the plate. It's going to go out of play back of first, the ball dropping into the upper deck. So the count on Coleman is one and one. One ball, one strike, two down, last to the ninth inning. The Dodgers won, the Yankees nothing. And very few people leaving. They don't leave these kind of ball games. That last man is out. One ball, one strike, two down. Row with a stretch. Here's the pitch. Jerry Coleman swings and sends a drive in the right center field. Racing over a fastball is Mike McCormick getting under. He makes the catch, and the ball game is over. And so it was turnabout, and turnabout is fair play. As the Dodgers shut out the Yankees today, one to nothing, with Preacher Rowe refusing to let the Yankees have more than one hit in any given inning. And the totals for the Dodgers, one run, seven hits, two errors, and five men left on. And for the Yankees, no runs, six hits, one error, and seven men left on base.
So another brilliant pitching uh, duel. The series stands at 1-1 as the Dodgers win it today, 1-0. And I know that uh, Red Barber enjoyed this ball game as much as he did the one yesterday because we have seen baseball played in an old-fashioned sort of way. And they do say that old-fashioned things are the best after all, Red. Well, I don't know. A couple of us young fellas talking about the old-fashioned ways. <laughs> Except uh, I've been going back to the record book, Mel, and I know what you're referring to as far back as the eighth inning, and you were uh, kind enough to both ball clubs. You didn't want to bring it up. Um, this is the first time in the history of World Series that there have been two consecutive one-to-nothing games put back-to-back, and it's the first time since 1921 that the World Series opened with consecutive shutouts. They were not one-to-nothing ball games, either one of them. And... Um, a total of 52 shutout games have come about in World Series, all told, beginning with the 1903 one when the modern records uh, are compiled, and from there on is where we go. And so these are the only two one-to-nothing ones back-to-back. And it's been a long time since the World Series opened with consecutive shutout games in 1921, when you recall the Yankees have had uh, Mays and Hoyt shut out the Giants. Well, the story in this ball game is, uh, is a story of, uh, of a, one guy. That is, there are many stars, but it's a lean, skinny, maybe uh, the late Rudyard Kipling had him in mind when he was writing about a, a rag and a bone and a hank of hair, and that's about all he is to preach a row except the heart that's as big as his native state of Arkansas, and uh, he's just a bundle of, uh, of fatty nerves out there on the mound. Uh, he'd known for some days what he was going to do. Uh, manager Shotton knew and Rowe knew that when Rowe was called to leave on Saturday to Philadelphia, as frail as his, uh, his physique, that he could not be the starting pitcher yesterday. I think most everybody really close to Brooklyn realized that that relief call Saturday at Philadelphia meant that Newcomb would have to start yesterday and roll today. And um, so Rowe, for those days, has been sweating it out. And, of course, yesterday's game added the pressure to him as he watched these uh, two great pitchers, Reynolds and Newcomb. And, um, however, Preacher went out there and... He had things go wrong, including messing up with a butt himself. But uh, when trouble came down, uh, he was the equal to it and was the master. And we have had two brilliant uh, World Series games. This one was much more uh, nervous and pressure-packed for the simple reason that the Dodgers got their run in the second inning. Yesterday's game, the run came uh, with explosive suddenness when Henrik first up in the last of the ninth, butted it in there, and he hit it well in the seats. But there was that one run on the scoreboard today, and the Yankees were running at it all day which meant they were playing for a run, and the Dodgers were trying to make uh, what can be a very slender margin until you're back in the clubhouse with it, as is the case with the Brooklyn Cup now, trying to make a one-run lead stand up. Uh, I said that the story is Rowe. It is the story of Rowe. But uh, in any human being's story, there is also the additional stories of all the other people uh, that come in contact uh, with one. And uh, I think that uh, the secondary story to Rowe being on the mound is how he got on the mound today. And... A man in a brown suit and a big sloppy uh, brown felt hat, a big uh, bear of a man, a burly-shaped man, jumped out of a box right by the Brooklyn dugout, and Monroe came in the uh, dugout. Uh, this, uh, this man had been slapping uh, Brooklyn players all over the place as though they were just little ten pins. But when Monroe came in, he really gave him a big hug. That man was Branch Rickey. Uh, Rowe came up under Rickey in the Cardinal system as a young left-hander who could throw hard. This was before he had an accident uh, when he got hurt uh, coaching uh, basketball in Arkansas and lost his fastball. And uh, so under Ricky years ago in the Cardinal chain, uh, Rowe couldn't quite make it. He could always get to Columbus, let's say, but he couldn't get to St. Louis to pitch for him. 
Fellows like Ernie White, who were in their heyday, would be just ahead of him. But Ricky uh, always had uh, great faith in him. Roe was later sold from the Cardinals to the Pirates. And two years ago, when it became a question, when you have the most popular player in the history of Brooklyn, which is Dixie Walker, uh, Dixie was traded. Well, somebody had to come and uh, take the place of that fellow. And it was in that deal that Ricky reached for Preacher Rowe and brought him from Pittsburgh. Last year, Rowe was an effective pitcher. This year, he uh, won 15 games, and today, he rewarded that great pay. Uh, Ricky uh, wanted him and reached for him all the way through. And today, it was a picture. Uh, Mel would look down once in a while. Uh, I couldn't help looking, uh, knowing the relationship between the two. As uh, Ricky sat there, uh, the only show of emotion was the fact that he was clenching and unclenching his hands. But when the game was over, I believe Ricky moved faster than he ever moved in his life. And uh, it was to Preacher Roll, the left-hander, that he had reached for and who returned it. Roll was the anchor man. Uh, Newcomb was brilliant. But the biggest game the Dodgers had to win with the Cardinals, the last two series they met, uh, Roll was the fellow that did it. And I know that uh, the Cardinals are listening. I don't believe they're completely surprised because uh, they know the sort of fellow that Roe is. So that's the ball game. Uh, each side had many, many opportunities to score. In fact, you could uh, look back and say, well, gee, it ought to have been a bushel basket full of runs in the ball game. Uh, Vic Rashi is, is, of course, uh, the losing pitcher, and uh, he went out for pinch pitcher page uh, in the ninth inning. Rashi pitched a tremendous game, good enough to win most any time. So uh, this uh, series is following the regular season pattern. Everything is very hard to win this year. Both pennants came to the closing day, the last innings, and now it looks as though one run is all you're going to get in a World Series ball game. Mel, uh, things don't come any tougher than 1949, do they? They sure don't, Red. About the, the only easy thing I know of is getting a Gillette Blue Blade. <laughs> okay. So once again, your totals for the Dodgers to even the series. It is one run, seven hits and two arrows. For the Yankees, no run, six hits and one arrow. Uh, it's quite a day, quite a, a human day. And tomorrow, uh, the series will be over at Ebbets Field. And... Uh, Tomorrow's another day, and Jeanette's Cavalcade of Sports will be back on the air promptly at 12.45 Eastern Standard Time to report the third game of the 1949 World Series for you, play-by-play from Ebbets Field, Brooklyn. So, until then, smooth sailing, smooth shaving, and a good afternoon from your host, the Jeanette Safe to Razor Company, Mel Allen, and yours truly, Red Ball. We wish to thank the makers of Philip Morris Cigarettes and Alka-Seltzer, co-sponsors of Queen for a Day, for delaying their broadcast time today in order that you might hear the World Series game just concluded. Queen for a Day follow station identification. We also wish to thank the makers of La Rosa Macaroni, Spaghetti and Egg Noodles, sponsors of the La Rosa Hollywood Theater of Stars, for relinquishing their broadcast period this afternoon. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Feel sharp, be sharp. Use Gillette Blue Blades for the sharpest edges ever honed. And as we come into the last half of the eighth inning, Casey Stengel, with a game going late, Last the eighth is trying to make his move. He is sending in Johnny Mize to bat for Charlie Silvera. And Joe Page has just gone to work in the Yankee bullpen. And there may be a pinch hitter for Vic Rashi. It's one to nothing in favor of the Dodgers. So Johnny Mize, who came from the National League to the Yankees toward the end of the season, in time to be eligible for the World Series, is pinch hitting for Silvera. In comes the pitch. Strike one, it's called. Sidearm delivery got the outside corner. Myers is no stranger, of course, to Rowe or the Dodgers. Rowe delivers. Sidearm again, it's outside. Ball one, one and one. Myers hurt his shoulder after joining the Yankees, having played a couple of games for them. 
in the play at Comiskey Park in Chicago and has been able to play first base, but can swing a bat. He can't throw. The 1-1 pitch. Swung on, hit out in the right field, coming fast for it is Hermansky. Can't get it. It's in there for a base hit. Grabs it on a hop, close to second, and Mize pinch hits and singles to right field. Now we'll have a runner. Johnny Mize singles to right, gets a hand as he leaves first base, but George Sternweiss going in to run for Mize. And Bobby Brown is going to come up to hit for Vic Rashi. So Mize hitting for Silvera, singles to right. Sternweiss is going in to run for Mize. And Bobby Brown will come up to hit for Rashi. Little conference with Reese, Hodges, and Preacher Rowe. Johnny Mize gets a base hit in his first appearance in a World Series. Banta going to work in the bullpen for Brooklyn. Just in passing, as great a record as Johnny Mize has compiled as great a star as he's been, he had never appeared in a World Series. And this was his first appearance. And the Georgia boy single to right. He lives down in uh, Florida now. And here's Bobby Brown, who hit 303 on the regular season, batting for Rashi. Spider Jorgensen moves way on the grass at third, stretched by a roll. There's a move to first base, turn wise back. You're going to try and hold him very close. The outfield for Brown, almost straight away. Snyder's just a step over toward uh, right center from a straightaway center position. The pitch, right in there for a call strike, sidearm delivery, broke right over. Gil Hodges comes over now to say something to Preacher Rowe. Reaches down to pick up the Rosen bag as he uh, says something to him, Sato voice. One to nothing, Brooklyn, last of the eighth inning. And for the first time in the ball game, the fans are getting really aroused. Getting down to the final stages. Here's your pitch, Bobby Brown bunts. No, he held back, pitches outside for a ball. He went into the bunt motion. Beans Reardon, back of the plate, went down on the knee and watched the plate very closely and said no, he did not make the motion and the pitch was outside and it's ball one and the count is one and one. So here is a situation. The Yankees trailing by one. They have a runner on. Dodgers are looking for that bunt. Brown up, chokes his bat, leans over the plate. The pitch, he is taking it. It's in there for call strike two. The preacher cut loose with a fast one that time. He figured Brown would be bunting. Brown was not going to bunt. He was ready to swing, but took the pitch. He got the outside corner about letter high. One ball, two strikes. And now Jorgensen has backed up at third. Reese and Robinson both in a couple of steps. Had double play depth in the event of the ground ball coming their way. Hodges holding Sternweiss to stretch by roll. Here's the pitch, and Bobby Brown takes strike three. Call over the outside corner. Preacher O gave Bobby that left-handed screwball, the pitch that made Carl Hubble famous. Matter of fact, the last two pitches were screwballs. Red uh, reminded me of that. And Bobby Brown, who was quite a nuisance to the Dodgers in the 47 World Series, strikes out in a pinch-hitting roll here in the last of the eighth inning. So there's one out. 
Sternweist running for Mize, who pinch hit successfully for Silvera. On first, a throw over, not in time. And the banner is Phil Rizzuto, who singled in the first inning, safe on an error in the third, and grounded out in the sixth to first baseman Gil Hodges. Jorgensen moves in close to third. Row ready. Checks his runner. Looks around. Now the pitch. It's inside for a ball, Rizzuto. One ball, no strikes. Dodgers leading one to nothing. Tommy Henrik in the batter's circle. Little Phil up there trying to advance his teammate, George Sternweiss, one way or the other. Time has been called by Sternweiss, as we mentioned his name. Sternweiss called time. And uh, fakes a uh, pulling of the tongue of his shoe on his left foot, but actually stealing a look down to Rizzuto to get straightened out on the sign. Now Phil is back in the hitting position. Stretched by Rowe, Sternweiss with a short lead. Now look around. Here's the pitch. Swung on and fouled back to the screen. The count is one and one. So the crowd is warming to this situation with the Dodgers leading one to nothing. Last the eighth inning, and with a runner on, things could happen. And so Dodger partisans are rooting for Rowe to stop a potential rally. Yankee partisans are rooting for the Yankees to come along and tie it up or go ahead. And so the battle continues to seethe out here at Yankee Stadium. And Preacher Rowe, very calm, delivers. Rizzuto bunts the ball down towards third. There's Rowe going over. Picks the ball up. Boots it. He boots it. And all hands are safe. Little Phil dropped the bunt down the third baseline. Rowe raced over, grabbed the ball, started a whirl to throw, and then dropped it. And they have scored it as an error. Sternweiss is on second, and Rizzuto on first. And the batter is Tommy Henrik. It will probably be scored as a sacrifice and an error. It is. It's a sacrifice for Rizzuto and an error for Rowe. And here's Henrik, who flied to right, grounded to short, and grounded to Hodges. Rowe stretches, pitches. Henrik takes outside. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. And so the Yankees, for the first time in the ball game, of any consequence at least, have begun to put a little pressure on Rowe. Whether or not they'll be able to break through remains to be seen. Sternweiss off second, Rizzuto off first, the pitch. Outside, ball two. Two balls, no strikes. Rizzuto was on first with nobody out in the first inning. He was on first with two outs in the third. Coleman was on second with one out in the fifth. And Johnson was on second with two outs in the seventh. So the Yankees have not had a runner. Uh, I'll say that Coleman actually advanced to third uh, with two outs in the fifth inning. If that's the only runner they've had as far as third. Two balls, no strikes on Henrik. Sternweiss moves off second. Rizzuto off first to pitch. Swung on him, missed. Strike one. Henrik gave it the good cut. And it's a 2-1 count on Old Reliable. Dodgers leading one to nothing. Last half of the eighth inning. One out. 
stretch. Sternweiss on second. Rosito on first. The outfield toward right and roll with the stretch. Comes in with the pitch. It is fouled off to the left of the plate by Henrik, who didn't even swing. He started to, held up. The ball hit his bat and skipped on in behind the plate. So the count is two and two. And the preacher walking very easily and calmly around the mound. Not too perturbed. He's been in situations like this before. Perhaps tougher ones. Never in a World Series, but in battling to get into a World Series. And so he looks to get the sign from Campanella. And Sternweiss moves off second, Rizzuto off first. The 2-2 pitch is swung on and fouled off behind the plate. As the preacher delivered that screwball up there. The pitch on which he struck out pinch hitter Bobby Brown. Joe Page, in the meantime, is heating up in the bullpen. Two balls, two strikes, one out. Last the eighth inning. Dodgers one, Yankees nothing. And perhaps the first truly exciting moment outside of Tommy Hendricks' dramatic sudden death blow in the ninth inning yesterday that we have had so far in the series. That is, anything that kept building and building in any given instant. So with the count, two and two. Rowe stretches. Sternweiss off second. Rizzuto off first. The pitch swung on and fouled back again on the screen. And Hendricks slams his bat. He sort of flipped it into the air and slammed it with his left hand because evidently that was the pitch that he was looking for and wanted but didn't do anything with. So before some 70,000 fans, 70,053, we have... uh, Tremendous tension building up here. It's a battle between Rowe and Henrik right now. Sternweiss off second, Rizzuto off first, the pitch, and Henrik takes just outside for ball three. That was close. Full count on Henrik, three and two. And now you have the situation with runners on first and second being forced by this pitch. But whether or not Casey Stengel will have them running with one out or playing it safe, Eighth inning of a World Series behind one nothing is something we shall have to look for. The stretch by row, the check of the two runners. A look around. There they go. The pitch is swung on and foul tip. That is dropped by Campanella. How about that? There was Tommy Hendrick. Almost struck out. A foul tip and with a tremendous spin off the bat. That's pretty rough on a catcher trying to hold those. And it's tough on a pitcher when a catcher doesn't. With that's a job I don't believe I'd like to have. Would you read that catching department? And now time is called as Pee Wee Reese trots in from short to talk to the preacher. Just a nickname. That is not his profession. He is a school teacher by trade. And so far this afternoon has been giving Yankees a few lessons in baseball. It's a full count on Henrik. Sternweiss on second. Rizzuto on first. I think Campanella probably wanted to throw that ball to third so quick that the runner's breaking might have caused him to drop it. The stretch. They're playing it safe. The pitch is swung on. It's a fly ball to left field. Almo going back. He's going to get under it. And he makes the catch for the out. Sternweiss and Rizzuto each halfway go back to second and first respectively. And they got rid of a rough man. Two down on the batter is Hank Bauer. Henrik flied to Almo and left. No advance. And that was a thrilling little duel going on right there, particularly in view of the fact that it was Tommy Henrik who broke up the ball game yesterday and who had that opportunity 
here in the eighth inning. Preacher Rowe was equal to it. He was pitching, and Tommy was swinging, and the crowd was thrilled. And now with Hank Bauer coming up, there are Rowe, Robinson, Reese, and Jorgensen discussing the situation. And Pee Wee, while talking over, reached into his hip pocket, extracted a stick of chewing gum, and shoved it into his mouth while he was uh, also talking uh, to Preacher. Pee Wee, the captain of the team, a great competitor. And now here's Hank Bauer, who fouled out in the first inning to Robinson, who moved in behind Hodges, across the foul line to catch the pop-up, and who singled in the fourth and grounded a third in the sixth. The outfield, way around toward left, Jorgensen deep at third, two, three feet off the line. Reese deep at short, over into the third base gap. Jackie Robinson about three strides to the right of second. Hodges deep, six feet off the first baseline. Row ready. Here's his pitch, and Bauer swings and sends one to third, and beautifully up with it is Jorgensen throws to Robinson for the force out at second on Rizzuto, and the threat is over. No runs for the Yankees. One hit, one error for the Dodgers, and two men left on for New York, and Rowe continues to refuse to let the Yankees have more than one hit in any inning, though that was the closest they came because that smash by Bauer was very well hit and almost went to the left of the Spider, but he went over to get it. So the score at the end of eight innings remains the Dodgers won, the Yankees nothing. Well, you know, folks, no wonder the Gillette Tech Razor is world famous. It skims off stubble with light, gentle strokes and gives you clean, smooth shaves that feel as good as they look. The Gillette Tech has a solid bar guard that sets up whiskers as a barber does. Its non-skid tread prevents nicks. And bend an ear to this. Complete with five Gillette blue blades, the Gillette Tech razor is yours. Before we go into the ninth inning, we pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. For the tops in sports, listen to WOR and WORFM, your World Series stations in New York. Coming into the ball game for the New York Yankees is Joe Page. Vic Rashi was removed for the pinch hitter in the last of the eighth inning. Gus Nyhaus goes in to do the catching as Charlie Silvera was removed for a pinch hitter. So a new battery for the Yankees in the ninth inning. Page pitching, Nyhaus catching. Barra's left hand is still swollen. A fractured thumb that he sustained back on August 7th. Hit by a pitched ball, and which uh, put him out of action for a month. And which still uh, gives him trouble. Was aggravated yesterday as he received those uh, murderous fastballs of Allie Reynolds. And now as we go to the top of the ninth inning, Duke Snyder, left-hand hitter up. Grounded is short to second, skied to center. Joe Page, making his uh, first appearance of this World Series, comes in with the delivery. Swung on and fouled back, strike one. A good cut by Duke Snyder, a good fastball delivered by Page. One to nothing, favor the Dodgers. There are probably several things that you people listening in are wondering about in the nature of statistics and World Series history that we will tell you about in a little while. Page delivers outside, ball one. As a matter of fact, it uh, 
possibly will be delayed intentionally by us to the end of this game. And Red is doing a lot of thumbing through the good old record book, double-checking situations, and we'll discuss them with you. The 1-1 pitch. Swung on, hits sharply into the hole between third and short into left field for a base hit. Johnny Lindell comes over, up to the ball, bobbles it momentarily, fires into second, holding first to Snyder with his first hit of the World Series. Hit that one on the handle and sliced it into left, but had so much power behind his swing that it was well hit. Now you've got Jackie Robinson coming up. Jackie doubled in the second inning, struck out on the fourth, grounded to short in the sixth. And the Dodgers are in position to, uh, with a one nothing lead, to go for the extra one by way of the bunt by Robinson, who is one of the best at bunting and also at beating them out. But we'll see. He might be swinging. Johnson's looking for the bunt. The throws to first base back in time to Snyder. More action taking place in the New York bullpen, which is in a runway between the bleachers and the right field grandstand. Page stretches, checks his runner. The pitch inside to Robinson and low. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. Dodgers leading one to nothing, top of the ninth inning. Page gets his sign. He's ready. Here's the pitch. Robinson shortens up, bunts the ball at a beautiful spot. It's taken by Hendrick. Plays it to Coleman for the out. He cocked his arms if he was going to throw to second Rizzuto, but so he did not have a chance to get Snyder, who was really winging. And the fans started to come up with a roar, thinking that Henrik was going to make a play too late there. But he stopped his motion and whirled and threw to Coleman, who had come over from first, uh, from second to first, to take the throw. It's a sacrifice for Jackie Robinson. He is out, Henrik, to Coleman. Thus, a runner is set up in scoring position for the Dodgers. And here is Carl Perillo coming out to bat for Gene Hermansky. Perillo, who was the leading Dodger hitter in the stretch run, who is out of action today because of a groin injury that hampered him no end yesterday. And Bert Schotten, playing percentage to the hilt, is sending up this right-handed batter with a left-hand pitcher now coming in for New York, Joe Page. And Perillo is up there to hit for Gene Hermansky. With Snyder on second, one out, ninth inning, one nothing Brooklyn, and Page steps off the rubber momentarily to break the tension. Dodgers one, Yanks nothing. Page sets, throws, Perillos fouls it off to the right of the play. I started to say he swung. He started to check his swing, but the ball hit the bat and skipped foul off to the right. One strike on Carl. The Gillette Safety Razor Company, very happy to bring you all of these thrilling situations in this World Series. Snyder has a short lead off second. Joe Page throws. Perillo swings and lifts a high pop-up out in the short right. Coleman backtracks. He's under it. Henry collars Jerry, and Coleman makes the catch, and holding second is Snyder. Looked like I saw a little white that time coming out of the pocket of Coleman's glove as that ball might have spun around a little. So there are two down. And Louis Almo coming up. He was Rackley's replacement in the last of the fourth when Marv pulled a back muscle running to back up a play at second base. Almo digs in at home plate, stands deep in the batter's box, slightly open stance, holds the bat down to the end of the handle. Not too close to the plate now. 
Johnson deep at third near the line. Rizzuto over towards second. A lot of room between shortstop and third baseman. Here's your pitch, and it's outside for a ball. One ball, no strikes. And here are two teams who have so far come up with magnificent pitching in the, the two games of this World Series. Joe Page sets, throws, swung on, a bouncer hit out to shore. Rizzuto grabs it, two hops, flips on over to Henrik in time, and the inning is over. So Joe Page actually was the first pitching uh, change that was necessary in the series, and that brought on not by a pitching deficiency, but by the need of a pinch hitter. No runs for the Dodgers, one hit. No Yankee errors, one left on. And so we come to the fateful ninth, the last half of the ninth, with Brooklyn leading one to nothing. And thus the shoe, so to speak, is on the other foot. Yesterday at this very same time, it was a scoreless ball game, and Tommy Henrik coming to bat, and with dramatic suddenness on a 2 nothing pitch, a rifle shot into the right field seats, and the 66,000, stunned by the suddenness of it all, sat there for a moment. Now, as we come to the last half of the ninth inning today, the Yankees trail by one to nothing, and you've got Mike McCormick going to the outfield for the Dodgers. He will play right field in place of Gene Hermansky, for whom Carl Perillo hit. Thus you have... For Brooklyn, Louis Almo in left, Snyder in center. Mike McCormick, who played in a World Series previously, in right field. And leading off in the last of the ninth inning is Joe DiMaggio, who flied to center, struck out, and grounded to third. And Elwin Rowe from down in Arkansas is into the windup and pitches. And DiMaggio swings and fouls it off upstairs to the left of the plate, strike one. Somebody made a fair catch for the souvenir and gets a hand. One strike to count on DiMaggio. The outfield swung toward left. In center and left with McCormick looking for DiMaggio to hit toward right a bit. He hadn't been pulling too much since he was ill. And your pitch. Right in there beautifully for a call. Strike two. The curve. Johnny Lindell on deck and Billy Johnson to follow. One to nothing in favor of Brooklyn. Last half of the ninth inning. Jorgensen deep at third near the line. Reese over into the third base gap. Jackie Robinson, two, three strides to the right of second. Gil Hodges, ten feet off the first baseline in halfway. The Dodger left-hander throws. Demand swings and sends a little roller out towards short. Coming in fast forward is Jorgensen up with the ball. Fires to first base. Not in time. Demand beats it out. Joe DiMaggio beats out a slow roller. He was fooled by the pitch. Did not get the solid part of the bat on it at all. Hit over the ball and hit a slow roller out toward uh, a point between third and short. Spider Jorgensen raced in, grabbed it, and fired, but DiMaggio beat it out for an infield hit. Jack Banner goes to work in the bullpen. And now here's Johnny Lindell up. Fly to right. Bounced out to the pitcher and flied to left. 
Jorgensen moves in close at third to look for the bunt. Hodges holding against Joe. There's Robinson sneaking in behind. There's a pitch out, a throw down to first. The manager just in there in time as Jackie Robinson made a fallaway diving catch of that throw by Campanello to keep it going into right field. Red and I were able to spot that play immediately because Jackie Robinson started moving quickly toward first base, something that he would not normally do if he weren't looking for the pickoff. But the pitch out was called for because if he left his position like that, the batter sometimes could drive one through it. But you could see as he started racing to first, as Hodges started racing in, they were trying to work that beautiful pickoff play at first. Ball one, no strikes. Jorgensen looking for the bunt, so is Johnson. Here's the pitch. Lindell swings and he misses. First strike as he was going for the base hit. Hoping for it. He's not going for the bunt. One ball, one strike. Sometimes batters uh, go up there and uh, purposely miss a swing like that to try and move a infielder back a bit and then lay the bunt down. We'll watch. Row ready. Ninth inning. There's a move to first base to Manjo back. Beautiful to watch everybody move. There was the right fielder. Mike McCormick darting toward the right field line. That throw to first. The stretch. Here's your pitch. Dendell shortens up. Bunts into the air. Foul off the right of the plate. Hodges charging. Couldn't get to it. So it's a 1-2 count on Lindell. And now he's got to be swinging. And the possibility of many things happening. Either for good or for bad, depending on which way you're looking at it. And we're looking at it from a point directly back of home plate right down the middle. One ball, two strikes. Jorgensen backed up at third. Hodges holding against the match. Joe last of the ninth inning. One to nothing, Brooklyn. The stretch. Here's the pitch. Lindell swings and he misses. Strike three, and he's out of there. That's the third strikeout for Rowe. He hasn't struck out too many, but he has struck them out when he had to. He struck out Brown in the eighth inning with a runner on first and nobody out. He struck out Lindell in the ninth with a runner on first and nobody out. And here's Billy Johnson, who's had one for three. is an easy lob over to first base to match on the bag all the while. Johnson lined to center, foul to the catcher, single to left. One down, last the ninth inning. Rowe ready. Has a move to first base again to match back. A lot of times people feel that when a batter doesn't bunt, that he's deficient in that respect. Sometimes that pitcher's got an awful lot to do with it. Here's your pitch. Low inside, ball one. That pitcher can throw that ball the way he wants to. They're very difficult to bunt them sometimes. In other words, it isn't as easy as it looks. The southpaw throws. Johnson takes strike call over the inside corner. And that's the first beef that's been registered all afternoon on a call decision at home plate. To any extent, Johnson walked out of the box. Didn't say too much, but in his actions indicated that uh, he was displeased with the call. But says very little. One ball, one strike, one out. Last of the ninth inning, one to nothing, Brooklyn. Demandio off first. Here's your delivery. Johnson swings and foul tips it for strike two. And Preacher Rowe is mixing up his curves, his screw balls, in magnificent fashion. One and two the count. One out, last the ninth. 
Brooklyn one, New York nothing. The Dodgers run coming in the second inning when Jackie Robinson led off with a double and with two down, scored on Hodges' single left after he had advanced to third on an infield out. Here's your pitch. Swung on, a fly ball hit foul down the right field line and going out of play. Robinson advanced to third, excuse me, on a top fly foul that uh, Jerry Coleman caught down the right field line. Slipped as he was about to throw, but Jackie, with his great speed and a daring gamble, raced to third and made it easily. Not even drawing the throw. All right, we're ready. Here's your pitch. Johnson swings, pops it up into the air. Down toward uh, second, toward first. Jackie Robinson is coming in under it and makes the catch. He took a look at Johnson. See whether Billy was going to run it out or not. If Billy was uh, running too slow, he might have allowed it to drop and then started uh, what he would have hoped to have been a DP. So Johnson pops out to Robinson. Jerry Coleman is the batter. And you have had, as uh, an incidental bit of information, important actually, rather than being incidental, and this is in no wise mentioned at this time for purposes of jinxing anybody, but merely from a repertorial standpoint that the Dodgers, the Dodgers pitchers, Newcomb and Rowe, have yet to walk a man in this series. Two outs, last of the ninth inning. Jerry Coleman, who flied to center, double to left and grounded to second, is the batter. DiMaggio on first. Dodgers leading one to nothing. Row ready. Here's his pitch. Coleman takes high. Ball one. One ball, no strikes. Row, of course, is quite a control artist. That is the secret of his pitching success, along with his natural stuff. But regardless of how much stuff a pitcher may have, if he's unable to control it or to put that ball where he wants to, it doesn't do him too much good. Now the left-hander throws, and Coleman swings and fouls it off to the right of the plate. It's going to go out of play back to first, the ball dropping into the upper deck. So the count on Coleman is one and one. One ball, one strike, two down, last of the ninth inning. The Dodgers won, the Yankees nothing. And very few people leaving. They don't leave these kind of ball games. That last man is out. One ball, one strike, two down. Row with a stretch. Here's the pitch. Jerry Coleman swings and sends a drive in the right center field. Racing over a fast forward is Mike McCormick getting under. He makes the catch, and the ball game is over. And so it was turnabout, and turnabout is fair play. As the Dodgers shut out the Yankees today, one to nothing, with Preacher Rowe refusing to let the Yankees have more than one hit in any given inning. And the totals for the Dodgers, one run, seven hits, two errors, and five men left on. And for the Yankees, no runs, six hits, one error, and seven men left on base. So, another brilliant pitching uh, duel 
The series stands at 1-1 as the Dodgers win it today, one to nothing. And I know that uh, Red Barber enjoyed this ball game as much as he did the one yesterday because we have seen baseball played in an old-fashioned sort of way. And they do say that old-fashioned things are the best after all, Red. Well, I don't know. A couple of us young fellows talking about the old-fashioned ways. <laughs> Except uh, I've been going back to the record book, Mel, and I know what you're referring to as far back as the eighth inning, and you were uh, kind enough to both ball clubs. You didn't want to bring it up. Um, this is the first time in the history of World Series that there have been two consecutive one-to-nothing games put back-to-back, and it's the first time since 1921 that the World Series opened with consecutive shutouts. They were not one-to-nothing ball games, either one of them. And... Um, a total of 52 shutout games have come about in World Series, all told, beginning with the 1903 one when the modern records uh, are compiled, and from there on is where we go. And so these are the only two one-to-nothing ones back-to-back. And it's been a long time since the World Series opened with consecutive shutout games in 1921, when you recall the Yankees uh, had uh, Mays and Hoyt shut out the Giants. Well, the story in this ball game is, uh, is a story of, uh, of a one guy. That is, there are many stars, but it's a lean, skinny, maybe uh, the late Rudyard Kipling had him in mind when he was writing about a, a rag and a bone and a hank of hair, and that's about all he is to preach a row except the heart that's as big as his native state of Arkansas, and uh, he's just a bundle of, uh, of fighting nerves out there on the mound. Uh, he'd known for some days what he was going to do. Uh, manager shot knew, and Rowe knew that when Rowe was called to leave on Saturday to Philadelphia, as frail as is uh, his physique, that he could not be the starting pitcher yesterday. I think most everybody really close to Brooklyn realized that that relief call Saturday at Philadelphia meant that Newcomb would have to start yesterday and roll today. And um, so Rowe, for those days, has been sweating it out, and of course yesterday's game added the pressure to him as he watched these uh, two great pitchers, Reynolds and Newcomb. And um, however, Pritchard went out there and he had things go wrong, including messing up with a butt himself. But uh, when trouble came down, uh, he was the equal to it and was the master. And we have had two brilliant uh, World Series games. This one was much more uh, nervous and pressure-packed for the simple reason that the Dodgers got their run in the second inning. Yesterday's game, the run came uh, with explosive suddenness when Henrik first up in the last of the ninth belted it in there, and he hit it well in the seats. But there was that one run on the scoreboard today, and the Yankees were running at it all day which meant they were playing for a run, and the Dodgers were trying to make uh, what can be a very slender margin until you're back in the clubhouse with it, as is the case with the Brooklyn Club now, trying to make a one-run lead stand up. Uh, I said that the story is Roe. It is the story of Roe. But uh, in any human being's story, there is also the additional stories of all the other people uh, that come in contact uh, with one. And uh, I think that uh, the secondary story to Roe being on the mound is how he got on the mound today. And... A man in a brown suit and a big sloppy uh, brown felt hat, a big uh, bear of a man, a burly-shaped man, jumped out of a box right by the Brooklyn dugout, and Monroe came in the uh, dugout. Uh, this, uh, this man had been slapping uh, Brooklyn players all over the place as though they were just little ten pins. But when Monroe came in, he really gave him a big hug. That man was Branch Rickey. Uh, Monroe came up under Rickey in the Cardinal system as a young left-hander who could throw hard. This was before he had an accident uh, when he got hurt uh, coaching uh, basketball in Arkansas and lost his fastball. And uh, so under Ricky years ago in the Cardinal chain, uh, Rowe couldn't quite make it. He could always get to Columbus, let's say, but he couldn't get to St. Louis to pitch for him. Fellas like Ernie White who were in their heyday would be just ahead of him. 
But Ricky uh, always had uh, great faith in him. Rowe was later sold from the Cardinals to the Pirates. And two years ago, when it became a question, when you have the most popular player in the history of Brooklyn, which is Dixie Walker, uh, Dixie was traded. Well, somebody had to come and uh, take the place of that fellow. And it was in that deal that Ricky reached for Preacher Rowe and brought him from Pittsburgh. Last year, Rowe was an effective pitcher. This year, he uh, won 15 games, and today, he rewarded that great faith. Uh, Ricky uh, wanted him and reached for him all the way through, and today... It was a picture. Uh, Mel would look down once in a while. Uh, I couldn't have looking, uh, knowing the relationship between the two. As uh, Ricky sat there, uh, the only show of emotion was the fact that he was clenching and unclenching his hands. But when the game was over, I believe Ricky moved faster than he ever moved in his life. And uh, it was to Preacher Rowe, the left-hander, that he had reached for and who returned it. Rowe was the anchor man. Uh, Newcomb was brilliant. But the biggest game, the Dodgers had to win with the Cardinals the last two series they met. Uh, Rowe was the fellow that did it. And I know that uh, the Cardinals are listening. I don't believe they're completely surprised because uh, they know the sort of fellow that Rowe is. So that's the ball game. Uh, each side had many, many opportunities to score. In fact, you could uh, look back and say, well, gee, it ought to have been a bushel basket full of runs in the ball game. Uh, Vic Rashi is, is, of course, uh, the losing pitcher. And uh, he went out for pinch pitcher page uh, in the ninth inning. Rashi pitched a tremendous game, good enough to win most any time. So uh, this uh, series is following the regular season pattern. Everything is very hard to win this year. Both pennants came to the closing day, the last innings, and now it looks as though one run is already going to get in a World Series ballgame. Mel, uh, things don't come any tougher than 1949, do they? They sure don't, Red. About the, the only easy thing I know of is getting a Gillette Blue Blade. <laughs> okay. So once again, your totals for the Dodgers to even the series. It is one run, seven hits and two arrows. For the Yankees, no run, six hits and one arrow. Uh, it's quite a day, quite a, a human day. And tomorrow, uh, the series will be over at Ebbets Field. And uh, tomorrow's another day. And Jeanette's Cavalcade of Sports will be back on the air promptly at 12.45 Eastern Standard Time to report the third game of the 1949 World Series for you, play-by-play from Ebbets Field, Brooklyn. So, until then, smooth sailing, smooth shaving, and a good afternoon from your host, the Gillette Safe to Raise a Company, Mel Allen, and yours truly, Red Ball. We wish to thank the makers of Philip Morris Cigarettes and Alka-Seltzer, co-sponsors of Queen for a Day, for delaying their broadcast time today in order that you might hear the World Series game just concluded. Queen for a Day follows station identification. We also wish to thank the makers of La Rosa Macaroni, Spaghetti, and Egg Noodles, sponsors of the La Rosa Hollywood Theater of Stars, for relinquishing their broadcast period this afternoon. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.